All right, what's up guys? Uh, welcome to Sip and Rip It. My name is Nathan at Nathan Skedios on Instagram. I'm, I am Zach. I'm no longer on Instagram. But you can message, I'll be back. You can message Sip and Rip It. Yeah, and I'll Instagram. answer. And we have our esteemed guest today. Austin at Lord Thick Quads because Thick Quads. I also got a thick ass. Too. I got, got a big ass. ass. <laughs> a triple tier chocolate cake. <laughs> really Double scoops of ice cream on this bad boy. <laughs> big ass. When you, when you posted that picture uh, on your story, when you were like turned over. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, that's, that's, that's just your like fault. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it was. The, but, uh, the amount of uh, pictures my wife gets of my ass and <laughs> suggestive poses are, are uh, sadly a lot. Man, you kind of killed that drink. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic, formerly <laughs> a power lifter after. Well, so uh, it's uh, a very poorly done because I just eyeball everything. Christmas margarita. It's a cranberry margarita mix. A hefty amount of tequila. A little bit of ice. Um, it's delicious. I think I'm the Christmas special. Well, that's I'm the after school special, I think. <laughs> Merry Christmas. A Charlie Brown's Austin Powerlifter special. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that's what that for is. For y'all that don't know, in the Coleman area, Austin's been doing this longer than any of us. Um, with the exception of maybe Josh Smith. Yeah, Josh Smith. He's the only person who's well, doing it longer, longer. So, when I started, there was nobody in the powerlifting scene. It was just me and Curtis. And um, Curtis, Curtis Bronner. Bronner oh, yes. Saying, What's I'm up, sorry. buddy? Uh, Curtis Bronner. Isn't uh, he doing MMA now? He is, yeah. Ever since he's had his kid, he slowed yeah. down like I did in powerlifting. So, yeah. um, but he did MMA and he branched off. But he was, um, he was an avid powerlifter during that time. And he was one of the only people at 180, 181. Is that the weight class? Yeah. Yeah, 181 to bench 405. That's and, impressive. Uh, who was it we talk about all the time that said he... Uh, Jesse Rogers of the SPF said it was the only man with 14-inch arms to lift us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, uh, the Sorry, man... Curtis. I didn't say it. <laughs> that was Jesse Rogers. Please uh, don't kick my ass. <laughs> but, uh, so he, uh, he was one of the smallest guys I've ever seen bench 405, and it was so clean. So uh, That's cool. Yeah. He was legit. He was. He was really good, and his, his squat wasn't bad. He was squatting over 500 and deadlifting over 500. So... A 181 at that weight class, I mean. Sounds kind of like John Hack, like with just an insane bench press for his size and then. I think if he stuck to it and he was really interested in it, he would have had a bright future. But he he, he has a, a MMA background. He, mm. he did that his whole life growing up. And then we ventured into powerlifting after football. Right. And then um, he went back to MMA. He's a good fighter. I mean, I, 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 as long as he was doing it, I was keeping up with him. And, and he's a... Uh, he, I think he's just a talented athlete all around. And he honestly, is. a nice fucking person. He, he's super really nice. Really fucking good. I, I've only met him one time, but he was like always super nice. Like, yeah, he's it was, good as gold. Yeah. Yeah. So he's one of the people, um, obviously, that I say is one of my best friends. Uh, when I'm talking about former alcoholic, uh, when I was going through that, he actually housed me. I lived with him. And um, he never asked for anything other than rent, obviously, because right. I lived in his home. Yeah. But never asked anything, always, you know you know took me in did everything for me so i have not a bad word to say about him no. and never will probably so um but yeah I have to do a huge 180 for that yeah <laughs> yeah uh so jim what did we gym today um i had uh spodos um sets of seven which was really good um and then uh just 
arm stuff, basically, arm and chest accessories. Yeah, it wasn't even uh, 30 minutes ago that mm -hmm. I was training, yeah. uh, rushing to get up here. Uh, I did um, regular competition bench, six sets of eight with uh, 295. Mm -hmm. I'm still in hypertrophy for the meet that I haven't signed up for, but I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I'm a jackass. He's a lot better than me, but we're going head to head, same weight class, uh, <laughs> um, in March. Yeah, so... Um, I did that, and then obviously the accessories back. I'm really trying to train back because I, I really fucking hate you and how strong your back is. God damn, is it strong? It bro. pisses me yeah. off, dude. Because like I had working sets, I had working sets of like 15 on the what do you call it? T bar. T bar row. It's not called. It's called uh, chest, chest supported, supported rows yeah. on a juggernaut. Yeah. But I did it with like uh, two plates and a 25. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the first set of 15, I was it. I had to go down to 225. And mm -hmm. it, it I'm not getting that for 15. I mean, I, it's, it's casual weight for me, but not for 15. Like, 15's a crazy Anytime I'm over there doing, like, I do like sets of eight with like three plates on it or something yeah. like that. Then I had to watch Nathan post a video of him doing it with like five plates. Five, like, five I, plates I, I, is too fuck much. That, fuck that skinny asshole. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't that skinny when I was doing That's that. That's fair, but still a lot smaller than me. But, to be fair, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, anything over uh, three plates, I actually have to put wrist straps on, which I, really? everybody in this room knows I'm a huge bitch when it mm -hmm. comes to grip strength. I'll always put some straps on. <laughs> I, um, there's an argument for wrist wraps, but I will say I've never had a grip issue ever as I've long never as I was one. training, as long as I was training deadlift consistently. So I've just never put straps on. Yeah. Mm. It is what it is. I take that back. My meet in 2018, I went to um, is the USPA meet. I don't even, I know Charlie hosted it, but uh, that's when I hit my 690 squat. I was in wraps and I think 430 bench. It was my biggest meet today. Mm -hmm. But my grip did fail me on 650, but also I wasn't locking it out. So I held it for so long, but right. there was never a chance of well, me. Well, I mean, actually it's the smallest it muscle group. So, I mean, if you're fighting through it and it happens at lockout, I mean, but <laughs> was it really your grip that gave out then or was again, it that, you know, so, lockout power in your hip? Right. Then again, <clears throat> I wasn't hook gripping like I do now. Yeah. So I was actually mixed grip and my left, um, what was it called? Bicep. Supinated grip? Yeah. My supinated grip is the one that actually fell. Mm. So, um, yeah, it fell out of that one and I had to let it down very fast. So, yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, ever since I've been hook gripping, I haven't had an issue other than tearing my entire hand to pieces. Yeah. So interesting enough though talking about straps, I was just, just saw Dan Griggs posted. He, he pulled in straps. Um, he did like 760 for a triple or something, something stupid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, he was talking about, he was like, I'm actually worse in straps than I am at hook. Really? But save your hands. Save your hands because yep. if you're doing more than one or two reps, it's not worth it to to hook. Really. I, I seem to find hypertrophy for purposes. It's yeah. kind of excellent to be honest. I find it easier. Um, Y'all know I don't. I know you don't. Uh, I'm not sure about you because I haven't seen much of your deadlift posts. But um, when you're stopping completely, mm -hmm. a dead stop, and then coming back up, I'm the type of person who just touches and goes yeah. and it hasn't hurt me. It hasn't hindered me. I've ha I have a decent deadlift, um, but I've been doing stops here lately and I've noticed with straps, it helps me a lot more to reset and get back up because once you let all that pressure off your thumbs from a hook grip, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's you hard to force yourself back <laughs> onto that hook grip. <laughs> so uh, about the touch and go, I, I, I have two opinions on that and they're, they're, they are somewhat conflicting. Mm. Um, Ron is having me go dead stop every time right now, but I'm also deadlifting 
one to five reps depending on the day. Right. right. My heavy, I have a heavy single week every third week. I, you know, obviously there's no touch and go there. But I'm not doing any touch and go right now. They're all from a dead stop. And the point that was made to me, and actually Brandon before him made this point, Brandon Allen, when I was coached with him, is the sport's not multiple reps. Yeah. The sport's one rep. Right. So you should approach, especially lower rep ranges, you should approach them like, if you have a set of three, you should approach it like three singles. Mm, yeah. Quickly. Right. You know, you're not waiting a minute in between right, sets, right. you know what I mean? In but, succession. But, you yeah. know, there should be three in, succe in succession, but you are in a sport designated for one rep max yeah. and it can only reinforce that if you have the same starting position. Yep. That being said, my personal experience, especially when I'm doing, say, six plus reps on a deadlift, I personally think it's better for hypertrophy, especially for grip strength, to stay in it. Yeah. Yeah. I really, for, for touch and go. So, I think there's a case for both. So I think it's worth <clears throat> mentioning um, in this podcast for whoever's listening and cares to hear what I have to say. <laughs> these two men right here are a lot more interested in the nitty gritty of nerd the sport. Nerd the, of it. The, 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 the nerd part. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm not saying these, these two men aren't multifaceted, but I'm a lot more interested in like learning Japanese, watching anime, being a dork all around, mm -hmm. right? So uh, when it comes to weightlifting, I want to know what to do, what I'm doing, and then where it's going to take me. So I don't mind hiring a coach. And a lot of people on this podcast might be like that. They might be like, I don't really care what I have to do to get there. I just want to get there. So mm -hmm. um, I don't, uh, I'm one of the people that uh, I don't personally care what John Doe down the street, what is the best for him in leg growth. I only care what's good for Austin yeah. in leg growth. So, um, and that's not to say I can't coach. Uh, I know what I'm doing, but I might not know what's best for Nathan, or I might not know what's best for Zach. Yeah, but I know what's best for Austin. That's one of those things that's nuanced and just comes with coaching. Yeah. Or, you know, he's he's done some programming and stuff for people. Um, I don't know how much direct cueing outside of maybe helping me or Desi you've done. You know what uh, I mean? I uh, took I took Bishop. Yeah, a little bit. We fit, we cleaned up a but lot. It's of not it necessarily a daily thing. Probably. No, so, no, it was pretty much. But. Uh, you know, hiring a coach, though, I mean, as a coach, I don't know that I, I necessarily ever want to do it without a coach again because it just takes so much pressure off me. So much pressure. Yeah, and not to mention, it's like paralysis by analysis. Me and me and Nathan have gone through this a thousand times with each other, with our own stuff. Like, when you're coaching yourself, it's so easy to say, to be impatient, say, fuck it, this ain't working, and change it every right. three weeks. Yeah, and that's to just, have that knowledge. And it's just not... Especially when you know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, right. And I very much do. Like, you just overanalyze it when it's you. And to have Ron just say, fucking take a step back, buddy. Let me worry about this. I'll tell you what's going on. And to just have him take 100% of it. It's even better to me than, you know, I know you're on, we, we had a whole podcast on Juggernaut AI. Yeah. But, um, so you're not getting an actual coaching experience. But... It's so much easier for him to, for me to just let him worry about the cues, what I'm, what he's, what I'm doing wrong and everything. It's not to say that I don't have an opinion about it, but like I hired him for a reason. He's the boss. I'm doing what he says. And that's it. That just takes a tremendous amount of pressure off. And of that's it. another thing to <clears> keep <throat> in mind uh, for anybody that's listening that's newer. Um, one thing that people say in the sport is trust your coach or trust the, trust process. the process so mm -hmm. five three one even if you're starting at five three one windler's five three one uh just stick to it and like 
if you go in and you feel like shit, you just got over <coughs> strep, uh, you, you're hungover, do what you can, leave. Because, like, the rest, resting is the most important. Number two is diet, and then number three is the training. And that's coming from somebody who don't fucking diet. I'm a piece of shit when it comes to dieting. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, those are the three. I can't cheers to that. Right, yeah, because you're, you're the diet god, so. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but I've done. Out of us three, you've been, you're, you're the most disciplined for sure. Yeah, you're the most disciplined. I mean, I have been fairly disciplined lately. That being said, I also had four crumble cookies and yeah well uh, that's the thing though they're healthy cookies see i crumble have it's not a healthy cookie is it not no. oh it's not okay yeah. i don't know nothing about no, crumble, not. so I'm, I'm a retard when it comes to that so uh let me just let me just tell you it was there was a chocolate peppermint one nice and it was uh i don't like peppermint in any sweet white though. chocolate chips inside of a chocolate cookie and it had uh Cream cheese frosting, I think, and peppermint, peppermint bark. <laughs> it was fucking so, delicious. You, you reminded me. I said I don't like peppermint in any sweet. Uh, I did a um, a food challenge back when I was sixteen in Destin, Florida, and it was called the Kitchen Sink. And I can't even remember the name of the restaurant, but they had a couple. Well, the Kitchen Sink was a uh, baking dish. It was probably about that deep, about that wide, and it was every flavor of ice cream. And then stuck down in the ice cream was uh, donuts unfrosted you know just regular just, ass yeah and uh we we was like oh we're gonna leave the last sweet that we don't like for last so it was uh sherbet and um mint chocolate chip mm. and to this day i gag looking at mint chocolate <laughs> chip and sherbet i can't, I can't. <laughs> did you make it through it all we won. Yeah, we got a t-shirt. Yeah. I don't know where that t-shirt's been. I'll see thing. Uh, but we will, if you go down to Destin and you find that one with the kitchen sink, uh, me, my friend Josh, and my friend Curtis, and Curtis Bronner, uh, are all on a picture up there with uh, us <laughs> looking <laughs> miserable. <laughs> so. Well, I'll go ahead and say it's Saturday. So we know what I did. I did, did legs. I did SSB squats. And some legs, but I also did shoulders because I'm on a little bit of a weird new program. So it was it was quad and uh, quad and shoulder centric, which is yeah. I've never heard of that. It's real fucking weird. Well, it's like <laughs> RP protocol. Like it's um, exactly you sprinkle RP. in what you're weak at here and there all the way through it. Yeah. Or like especially because you can recover from upper body stuff more frequently. It's not uncommon in RP style bodybuilding program to have a little bit of arms, a little bit of shoulders every day yeah like, I, mean, it, and I pretty much you know. do like yeah. every day that i work out i have either some sort of arm i think there's one day that is like a dedicated leg day and that's it and so that's yeah no john has got me doing that i'm benching three times a week yeah out of four mm -hmm. so that's um, pretty rough i just my, my shoulder health just can't right. um and i know you're a heavier bencher than I, both of you are heavier benchers than i am but all three of us bench pretty heavy and it might just be my age but um man i can just not take I can take two, and I can take three pretty well, but I can just not take four days of pressing anymore. You know, and three, that's another three four thing. days of pressing anymore, really. That's I mean, two another thing sure. worth mentioning. Uh, uh, y'all said that I'm, I've been in the game longer than y'all. Uh, I've been in it for since I was 14. Uh, I'm 26 now, so that's 12 years. So, um, and I have noticed that I have slowed down a lot. Uh, and the more rest days I can put in between the better I feel for the day of. But I do bench press. I recover from bench press very fast. I'm lucky to have not um, 
hurt my shoulders, hurt my triceps. Yeah. I have a little bit of tennis elbow in my right arm, but um, I, I've been blessed not to hurt myself up until this point. So I can still press pretty frequently. I, I work, well, not recover. I respond to often pressing <laughs> better. Yeah, frequency. I respond to frequency on presses better. But in squats and deadlifts, I respond to lower uh, rep ranges and uh, less frequency. Yeah. So, so higher intensity, right. less frequency. Yeah, may, I mean, I usually I don't start putting pounds on the bar for a powerlifting until the last eight weeks, yeah. or at least noticeable pounds. I'm sure I benefit from hypertrophy as, as anybody would, but uh, really that the heavier that I can go, that's when I start seeing more progression in my uh, squats and everything, so. So we had uh, some developments in the fitness world recently that everyone's talking about and we have to talk about. We're going to do that or are we going to do PR songs first? Oh, I forgot about PR songs, yeah, my bad. We yeah, do that so we do need to do PR songs. Let's talk about you PR lead, songs. You lead, lead the way. We're going to add these to the playlist. So, um, first one I want to mention is in honor of Henry Cavill because he played Superman and they he was supposed to come back and then... They stripped that away from him, and it was devastating to everyone because he was also Geralt in The Witcher, and he may have left that to play Superman, only to find out a month later that he was not going to play Superman. Hmm. Um, so, the in the Man of Steel soundtrack, uh, there's a song called Flight by Hans Zimmer, and that is 100%. Any Hans Zimmer song Hans Zimmer's elite. is a just fucking PR song. Every single time, but that one, just just in honor of Henry Cavill for all the shit he had to go through, gotta put that on there. And then uh, I said I had two, but now I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, um, uh, it's another Hans Zimmer song. Uh, it's called Insertion, and it's from the I don't know. Did you play Crisis? It's from the Crisis 2 soundtrack, and it's a fucking bomb. Like, it's a bop. No, bomb. Well, I said bomb. You said a bop. I like bop. I like bomb better. Okay, well. But, you know, you're Agreed. the guest. You're the guest. <laughs> Agree right? to disagree. It's a bop. That's okay. a wife thing. A, That's a wife thing. I'll be goddamn if I ever refer to any good song as a bop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth Especially mentioning. Especially on the power of the two. I think it's worth mentioning that uh, y'all's... Um, Y'all's music tastes are considerably different than mine. Probably considerably darker, too. <laughs> right. Well, so, like, uh, I, I have listened to very dark uh, music from my brother. He was super into it. He's even a vocalist in his own band. Um, like, uh, Waking the Cadaver is one of the more dark ones that I've listened to. I even listened to that one. What's her name? They had a whole documentary about him. They were uh, a Norwegian band, maybe? They had lead singer, like, killed himself. And he killed himself with a shotgun. And then what they did, uh, I'm sure y'all know, the more metal that you can make your album art, the better you are. So Waking the Cadaver is one of the ones, and uh, Pantera was also one of the ones that uh, were like the lead runners. But this one won during that year because they took a picture of their lead singer with you know, his shit blown out and made that their album cover. Bullfuck. Oh, I can't remember That's their rough. Name. They made a whole documentary about it and I honestly couldn't finish it because it was that rough. But, um, I've listened to them but I, I actually am into more like 
rap and screams. The, mm -hmm. I guess you'd say screamo. I don't know what the, the genre is called. So what's your PR songs? Give us some. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Uh, Beneath the Sky. Uh, 7861 by Beneath the Sky. Uh, Asking Alexandria. Not... Well, not the American Averages one. Hang on, I gotta pull up the list, because I made a list. <laughs> I made a list for y'all, and then... This is who we are. Hawthorne Heights, 7861 Beneath the Sky. The final episode is the one I was thinking of from Asking Alexandria, and then I have to put my favorite rap song of all time, Still Tippin' by Mike Jones, which is... Jolene didn't make the cut? So, <laughs> Jolene, I have to be in a mood for Jolene. Uh, Dolly Parton's a gem. <laughs> there's no, there's no debating that. Dolly Parton's a gem. So, uh, Jolene is up there. I do listen to a lot of uh, 303 sometimes while I'm lifting. Um, I listen to Fireflies. Uh, I mean, it, it just it depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, mm -hmm. I might be on Bass Nectar. I might be on Waking the Cadaver. It just depends on my mood that day and where I'm at mentally. So, all right. Well, mine's definitely darker. As usual. <laughs> um, so a little uh, play to me and Nathan's uh, senses a little bit more. Um, uh, new band ish, I guess. I, I had never listened to them before, but um, the name of the band's Entheos, and uh, they have a, it's girlfriended. She's awesome. Uh, bass player is Evan Brewer. He used to play with The Faceless. So if you're a fan of The Faceless, it's, it's kind of similar. But it's uh, Tech Death, uh, and the name of the song is Absolute Zero. Fucking Jim. That's a pretty good That's song. That's a good man. one. Um, yeah, Absolute Zero is not a bad song name at all. Um, another one I've been spending a lot. It came out September October, I think. Um, it was Norma Jean's uh, Spearmint Revolt. Good song. Um, definitely listen to it. Uh Everything I listen to in the gym is either rap or super heavy, so I think everything's super heavy today. Um, I didn't think there was rap anywhere in there, so I'm more so. Uh, you know, I don't have a rap one today, but I have I have put some some rap on the playlist before. Twenty okay. eighteen's um, uh, "I Loved You at Your Darkest" by Behemoth has a song on it called uh, "God Equals Dog." Real mean. <laughs> Love it. And uh, while we're on uh, more blasphemous things, my last one is. Uh, and I am Abomination song called Lamb to the Slaughter, and it's about killing God, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> about killing God. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is, uh, Nathan probably wouldn't like it because it's 100% clean singing, but it's the, the, the music's super heavy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that one fires me all the way up. So is like Lorna Shore, is that considered heavy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I like some of Lorna Shore, and I like ever since you showed me I'm the. The Acacia Strain? Oh, yeah. The Acacia Strain probably going to make this list a lot. Yeah. I had yeah. to I had to really, like... Not put in the entire... <laughs> discography, uh, basically. Yeah. Well, that one album, that whole... Uh, uh, our only sin was giving that. Yeah, that, that, that's beginning fucking to end. good. Well, also, that one song you showed me... Worthless. Uh, what was it? Because I, I showed you a song that had Dolly Parton in it, and it was like... If you make one more indecent pass or one indecent proposal, I'm going to get that gun of mine and I'm going to turn you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. And that was the beginning of the song. You remember? Yeah. Pain is not an Olympic sport or something like that. Yeah. By Life, Life Ruiner. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, and then you told me another one that had the beginning of uh, the exorcism in it. Oh, that was uh, Parexia. Uh, yeah. We Are Many by Parexia. Yeah. 
That's, that's a good awesome. one. That's a I've, I've done a lot. I've done a lot of heavy squats to that one. So mostly, <laughs> mostly squats. Uh, to be such a heavy squatter, I fucking hate squats, dude. Mm -hmm. I hate them. And uh, so I have to listen to something that's really going to dig deep in the old soul. Uh, yeah, that we are many by Parexia is awesome. And that's it's a hundred percent. I'm not going to lie to you. The band's awesome, but it's a hundred percent because of that scene from The Exorcist, the, the sound clip at the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah just the way it starts is just, uh, we'll, we'll have to add that to the playlist too, because it's, yeah. it is, Honorary it is violent. It is so good. Yeah, that's, that's um, a rough one. Well, there's another, what, like 10, 12 songs to the playlist though. Yeah. They're going to have hours worth of gym music to listen to. Hell yeah. Because of this podcast. If, <laughs> if they actually click on the link and go to the. They're going to, they're going to listen. Now, I know that there's other metalheads listening. Yeah. That's true. There has to be. I don't know if Baphomet Lifter is listening, but if he is, uh, what, what's the name of his band? He's he's got a band now. What is it? Well, I'm off of Instagram, so I don't remember. Oh, um, that's right. Um, um, he's playing bass too. Bass player, bass player. I think power lifter, power lifter. You're I, awesome. I think he's playing guitar. I thought actually. he was saying. I thought he was playing bass. I may be wrong. He does play bass. Well, he's he's playing one. I think he plays both. I can't remember which one he's playing in his band. Okay, but, but he's playing one or the other in the band. But. Badass dude, too. Pretty strong guy. He is super cool, super chill. He actually gave me a really good cue one day uh, for my deadlifts, which helped my backgrounding issue. So he's a good lifter. He good, really is. Good uh, lifter. Great bench presser. Missed his missed his total by one pound. Mm, that's right. I know somebody we were else in the same weight class. We were both competing two forty two. Mm. I had a lifter do that not too long ago because he wanted to listen to another coach and not to mm. his coach. Yeah. And missed his 1500 by one pound because mm -hmm. he wanted to take 402 on bench to the 407. That's another thing worth mentioning since we're here. Uh, the first coach I ever had was uh, Dustin Reed out of uh, Tennessee. He owns his own gym. Uh, he's a nice guy, too. Yeah, he's, he's well, stuff. hang on. No, he's not. He's a horrible person. Uh, he's a piece of shit uh, as a coach, but he's a good person. Uh, he'll help you. He'll take the shirt off his back for you. But um, coaching, he's horrible and uh, he'll call you a pussy for being a pussy and make you train that's not but, bad necessarily right it's no, rough he'll, he'll push rough. you he'll push you uh he's he's super into weird ass uh unheard of type movements he's the one that does the uh reverse grip bench press yeah mm. in competition in reverse competition grip. you can do that for future reference you can reverse your grip on bench press um but when i first started training with him uh i was been or i was deadlifting. 530 540 somewhere in that range and um he told me that we weren't going to deadlift till like six weeks out at all period and i was like uh you know this is my first coaching experience ever i'm like that sounds crazy you know because we was benching and we was squatting frequent well six weeks out i start deadlifting deadlifts feel phenomenal everything's moving like butter and i ended up pulling over 600 my first time you know a 70 pound pr i think it was like 620 and uh but that's one thing that you really really need to do is listen to your coach and everything he has to say as long as he's a reputable coach mm -hmm. um you don't want to get one of these instagram influencers that weigh a buck 35 and uh they're like i know what i'm talking about and then they don't do you see the abs i know what i'm talking about no. <laughs> diet to get abs. i don't know if you know this but i was informed the past couple of weeks that powerlifting um powerlifting program is not rocket science and then any trainer can do it yeah that's what i, was, that's what, that's what I heard i heard that as well yeah um, I mean, anybody can do it um yeah so, so i mean i guess you know 
That's funny. Uh, yeah, this is all tongue in cheek for the record. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't hire the, the 150 pound dude and, and slacks to teach you how to. So, <laughs> so to it's worth mentioning. <laughs> uh, apparently, that's going to be my go to say. It's worth mentioning. Um, abs at 150 pounds is about as impressive as boobs on a girl at 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's it's, no genetic potential there. Uh, that being said, I've. Nathan has drove me to work my back like a uh, madman because I can't stand him. Oh. And uh, so I started doing pull-ups, and I started at like two pull-ups mm -hmm. at 270, and now I can do, I think it was 15 we did that night. Yeah. 15 That's, at 270. Yeah, I mean, you had a pull-up off one day. And well, I say pull-ups. Chin-ups. Both of us in double digits over 270 pounds. Yeah, so. So I just pat us both on the back. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was my biggest PR today um, is uh, pull-ups, but... Um, no, if you see somebody that looks good, that don't necessarily mean they're a coach. Uh, Les Keys out of Birmingham, I've I've lifted with him. I've lifted with a lot of his lifters, and Les Keys is like 180 pounds. Now, I'm not speaking poorly of Les Keys because he's deadlifted over 600, but when it comes to his athletes, he is the least notable out of them because he knows what he's talking about. He does what he does, and I've watched one of his uh, lifters, Perseus. Uh, walk me down at a meet in the same weight class by a couple hundred pounds. Um, so really research your coaches, really research what they're about. Uh, typically if they have uh, good athletes like Zach with Elizabeth or Zach with me, Zach pulled my head out of my ass uh, when I first got back. I squatted, you know, 700 pounds nearly in wraps and uh, I came in there at 220 and Zach actually wrote a program for free and uh, got me back to benching over 400 pounds within six months. So really research your coaches, really research what they're about and who they are and their accolades because accolades matter whether they so, tell you don't. Well, it's not rocket science. And it's you know, not, what you're saying is not everybody can do it. <laughs> what I'm saying, we have some amount it. of knowledge to actually program and coach a power. Yeah, and listen, I mean, there is X amount of general fitness knowledge that would take you a long way mm -hmm. in powerlifting, especially if you're coaching specifically beginners. Because when I, listen, when I started coaching, I got into coaching out of necessity. The only reason I got to be a powerlifting coach is I was the only person at the gym at the time that understood how to periodize a program. Like I was the only one that even had a clue as to how to write just a linear program six weeks at a time beginning in. That's how I became a coach. So all mine's been trial and error. But I'll be damned if you don't think that trial and error is worth something because you definitely learn a lot along the way uh, over the years, watching people do it, watching people fail, watching yourself fail. Right. Um, let me tell you something, as a coach, it's one thing to go and get your ass beat as an athlete. It's a whole nother thing to go and get your ass beat as a coach. Yeah, that's when you I have you know, when you have a half dozen people that all get kicked in the teeth and it's your fucking fault, that's a hell of a learning curve. And if people can say it's not rocket science, it might not be. But if you think it's just fucking easy, you think that you can just put any bullshit paper and make this work for everybody, you're fucking wrong, bud. Well, 100%. Like, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm 12 years in, and I probably couldn't program a 900-pound squatter to a 2,000 total, um, if I'm just being honest. And uh, another thing for me being one of the longest-lifting powerlifters in Kuhlman is um, 
there's not a coach in this fucking county. Not one other than that. Uh, my wife pointed me towards him. I actually thought, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I thought you were an asshole when I first, <laughs> before I went over there because like, I don't know who it was. Somebody said something about you and I guess you programmed them and then you were actually like, hey, you got to do what, what, you know, and I took their word for it and that's another, that's going off on a tangent of judging books by its cover. But I went to Zach off my wife's recommendation and uh, I, I wouldn't change a thing. He's one of the best best coaches I ever met. Um, but there's not one in Coleman that could train me to a better squat, to a better bench, to a better deadlift. And that's a matter of fact. Uh, so I'm just saying it is not rocket science maybe, but if it was easy, then maybe everybody would be squatting 700 and it wouldn't just be me. Mm -hmm. The only thing I got to say is anybody that thinks it's easy should do it. Pull the fuck up. Yeah, right. Find out. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Uh, I tell the kids, uh, what's his name at the gym? TJ. Is it TJ? Good kid. Yeah. He's he good, listens to this podcast. Shout he out does. to TJ. He, he actually, he's a, he's a, good, a good listener. Yeah. He, he actually talked to me today and he was complimenting us on the podcast. So shout out to him. Hey, yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah. a, he's a cool, he's a cool he's guy. He's a really we good kid. Very briefly, but we talked about some video games. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he commented on my uh, post that I just posted before I came in here with my deadlift. Your deadlift, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't even know where I was going with it. What was I talking about? TJ? You're I know talking I was talking about, talk about coaching in general. Coaching in general. So like uh, You were telling the kids something. Yeah, so it's work it's Do what you're told is what you say it. Find pretty, somebody that's, that's do what you're told. Pretty much. Well find somebody that's knowledgeable. Don't just buy don't don't buy services from anybody. Buy some find somebody reputable mm. and listen to what they have to say. That's what I was saying. Uh TJ commented on the post. I was talking about the post and he said, uh, damn, you made five hundred look easy on a deadlift and 500 pounds on a deadlift is not easy and I was deficit deadlifting mm -hmm. at that yep. uh, and it it took me years years to be able to do that uh, with the help of drugs at some point mm -hmm. uh, now I'm not currently on them but with the help of drugs at some point and uh, it's it's not something that you just roll up on 500 pounds because I have a lot of guys, I work with a lot of uh, country boy strong uh, mm -hmm. people, and uh, they they come to the assumption, they ask me how much I bench press, and they're like, well, you bench like 500, and people don't really understand how much 500 pounds is. Like, that's a small motorcycle. Mm -hmm. That's me loading a small motorcycle up and deadlifting it for multiple reps. Now, that's not to say I'm a behemoth of a man. I'm not. Uh, like I said, Perseus squatted 900, and he was a bodybuilder before that. Uh, Percy's had a lot of genetic potential before he ever did that, but it still took coaching. And mm -hmm. it's not something that you can just walk into being a, what, what's the word? Well, you have like bodybuilding coaches, you have powerlifting coaches, and then you have just general fitness coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's what a majority of Coleman's is, is general fitness coaches, which is fine if that's what you want to do. If you just want to be healthier and, you know, feel a little bit trimmer, that's fine. But powerlifting, uh, in no way, shape or form, is healthy i guess you could say like you're you're training it's good to get your heart rate up but you're not doing it for your health you're not you're doing, doing it, it to go which is going to be a good segue to later you're doing it to go kick your own ass and kick somebody else's yeah and if then, you're lucky enough to kick somebody and else's. it's it's, <clears throat> it's even like there was a study done on i think a strong man but it, it rolls over to powerlifting 
is they uh, put a heart rate monitor and a blood pressure cuff on them. And at the bottom of like an Atlas stone or maybe a, a log press or something, his blood pressure got over double what stroke levels are. So it's not like... This is acute levels. It's not <clears throat> persistent. This is like... Yeah. While, it, yeah, know, while it, under the load. Yeah, yeah. so it, load, it's yeah. not going to kill you to be under it. But your, your heart is recommended. It's almost to the point of hysterical strength where you hear women, mm -hmm. uh, their kids trapped under a car, and they lift a car up off the kid. And then afterwards they have a broke tibia, their forearms broke, you know, they have lacerations on their arms from their blood veins exploding. So like, and everybody's seen, that's listening to this podcast, bodybuilder, fitness, uh, powerlifter, has seen Eddie Hall deadlifting mm -hmm. and blood just spurting out of him like a ketchup packet from his nose. His blood pressure was so high at that point that he started actually rupturing blood vessels in his nose. So it's not, it's it's a sport that you have to be very, very careful with. And uh, because, you know, any, any point during a squat where you're squatting 300 pounds, if that's heavy for you or 700 in my case, one slip, one step out, like it's very, you know, peculiar how you have to do it. You have to have all the right cues. You have to have the bracing. You have to have, you know, your shoulders tight. And if you don't, like, that's one thing that fitness influencers and fitness trainers don't bring into contact because you can get away curling a 20-pound dumbbell. You can get away with that and doing poor form and still put on muscle. You get up to 700 pounds, you do one thing wrong, and you're... You're, you're retired. You're fucking yourself like, up. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even like you're going to be out of the gym for a couple of days. This is. This you is could like, kill yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You I mean, could. You not, could rupture a vertebrae. You could paralyze yourself. Like it's a very serious thing. Uh, I can't remember his name. Y'all might know off the top of your head, but he was bench pressing like five hundred and something pounds, and he was sick. But he did the meet just because he signed up for it, and it slipped out of his hands. And he had to do months of rehabilitation work from it bouncing off his chest. 500 pounds is no joke. Yeah. And our bodies are not meant for that. And that's the whole point is pushing the boundaries like a bodybuilder would with, you know, cutting weight with diuretics and whatever. So. There's a lot that goes into it. And, it, you know, it's not to say that you can't be powerlifter and be healthy. It's just that if you choose to do street sports, it is a sport. The goal is to be better at sport. Right, right. And sometimes, like, um, you know, my ex-coach, Brandon Allen, is a good example of this. He's gone the opposite way now, and he actually weighs less than I do now, and he was a heavy, heavyweight powerlifter, you know, competed at 360 pounds. He weighs 260 now. He was going to be the best at all costs. His health did not, in that moment, he was talking about his rest and heart rate not too terribly long ago being, you know, between 130 and 140 beats per minute at his heaviest, mm -hmm. not sleeping a lick because he was too big to breathe. Uh, stuff like that but he had to have that much mass he had to have that many calories to you know he walked out a thousand pound squat and fucking smoked it <laughs> you know what I mean? he, did. I mean, he did you know he did some nasty nasty stuff um was it yuri belkin that beat him at uh the kern one year because he dropped a basically a forty thousand pound deadlift you know he dropped it but you know the guys squatted multiple you know multiple thousand plus pound squats stuff like that um for him to be able to do that there had to be some health sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That being said, you know, lighter weight dudes, smaller weight classes, they're absolutely healthy. I mean, it is what it is. What it is. You know, the elite. You know, the biggest guys, the elite of the elite, three hundred eight plus. 
they're sacrificing a lot of their health to be to be there. It's just and hard it's to be healthy at three oh eight. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just not. It's not a terribly naturally unless you're extremely tall. Hell, I'm six foot two and I'm nearing three hundred pounds, and I feel worse. Mm-hmm. I'm the strongest I've ever been, but I feel worse than I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, another thing you have to find is your niche and your weight group and what what you're the strongest at. Because the strongest I've ever been is two forty two. <coughs> And Nathan, his might be a little lower. Yours might be a little higher. It might be a little lower. But uh, I, I will say that I get in a better deadlift position when my body fat's lower. Right. Yeah. Um, so even though I'm the heaviest I've ever been, I, fortunately I'm at a lower body fat than the last time I was 280 plus. Um, so I can get in a comfortable deadlift position. But I get in a the, better squat. The, the first. Heavier. The first time. Yeah, that's true too. The first time I was over 275, I had a lot more body fat on me, and it was just plain uncomfortable to get in a deadlift position. It probably cost me 30 or 40 pounds on my deadlift, to be honest with you. It's just is what it is. But uh, we got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I played into that. But, I can um, do it. <laughs> the biggest fitness thing right now is uh, the Liver King exposure. It is. Liver King is on steroids. Who would have thought? Oh, my God. I know. Is he really? You're shocked, right? Gas. <laughs> Gas. Look at that man and tell me he is not on steroids. I just want to know who his growth guy is to be spending $12,000 a month. $12,000 a month. That's some like premium shit, dude. My goal is just to be able to spend $12,000 a month. Right? Like, Let alone Not even look like him. Just be, you know, 12. And then he's tricked all these kids into thinking, like, I can look like him if I eat bull's nuts. And it's like... <laughs> You can't. <laughs> You're eating bull's nuts just to eat bull's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, kind of, you know, somebody me and, me and Nathan reference a whole lot that we have a lot of respect for um, the, because the scientific side of it, he's absolutely down. Now, I have argued somewhat against him just because, you know, uh, we were talking about like Albert with keto. Mm-hmm. Keto saved his life. Lane Norton is obviously not a keto guy. Yeah. He's calories in, calories out, and that's fine. I, I believe in that too. Mm-hmm. But Lane is so diligent about being a good person in fitness and a good influence. I really like his take on it, and that's that this uh, this apology that he sent out was kind of bullshit because he was like, I did this for never once was suicide awareness ever mentioned. No. In any of this guy's post or anything like that, he didn't never said like, hey, I'm doing this because I want men to be healthier. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, less male suicides or whatever. Now all of a sudden, his apology, he's like backtracking. He's yeah. like, oh, I did this for men's, men's mental health. It's like, funny. You think, oh, yeah, I, I pinned myself with, you know, five grams of steroids for suicide awareness. It's like. Well, what? you know, well, you know, if, if we'd have known that in the beginning, though, we've talked about this before. Testosterone is clinically proven in men to uh, alleviate uh, depressive symptoms mm-hmm. better than SSRIs. Yeah. Like, if he would have just been open and honest and be like, hey, listen, I'm a proponent of. TRT um, and growth hormone even because growth hormone is basically the fountain of youth. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. It's the only drug on the planet you can get bigger and leaner at the same fucking time mm-hmm. on. You can gain 20 pounds and lose 20% body fat. On yeah. 20% body fat is an exaggeration. But I mean, you can lose body fat and gain 20 pounds on it. It's, yeah. a, it's a miracle drug. Um, but if he would have just said, hey, I support TRT and growth for men's mental health, if that was really the gig... Hey, I do too, buddy. Like yeah. more people need to talk about it as a real medical solution and not just a PED. Yeah. Like, but he didn't do that. He but, just lied. <laughs> so it wouldn't it wouldn't have made him as famous. 
had exactly. he done that and that's the whole point mm-hmm. is uh and even your idols like ronnie coleman did that with his uh protein brands and i love ronnie coleman but everybody knew when he suited up in his uh police officer uniform and the sleeves are busting out and they had to put a 5xl on his big ass he was on drugs and all of them are on drugs and uh, the amount of drugs bodybuilders are using it's Hell not, in comparison i mean just right just way not, more than it's not uh, if it's he, when yeah um and we the thing is kids are going to do trt they're going to do testosterone they're going to and uh a a really popular one is trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some pretty strong opinions about trend now. I, I am not a, uh, I am not a believer, nor do I think trend should be put in anybody's body, um, because when I experimented with it when I was younger, I accidentally hit a capillary, uh, and genuinely thought I was going to die. Yeah. Uh, it was the scariest moments of my life, and I stopped right then. And I'm supposed to be on TRT. I'm actually working with like an 80 year old man's testosterone levels mm-hmm. right now. I had to be put on drugs to uh, even have a baby with yeah. my wife uh, because I just didn't know what I was doing. So if these men that are huge influencers like the Liver King or like uh, Larry Wills, I've seen a post from Larry, that's why I brought him up. Mm-hmm. If they would just be open and honest and actually tell the kids like what it's about um i'm trying to think of his name thomas connor maybe he's a he's a trt doctor and he's like 60 70 and he's jacked he's jacked and he's like i take trt i have been since i was 40. you know my natural level started decreasing because this was originally intended well okay so this was originally intended from uh Nazi Germany to make super soldiers. That's mm-hmm. where Captain America come from. <laughs> but they found the um, they found that it actually helped people at the older ages help with uh, coronary heart disease. It helps with depression. It helps with uh, prostates. It helps with uh, your just your whole what's it called the uh, comprehensive blood counts, your CBCs that you take every year. It helps with your uh, cholesterol levels. I mean, it helps with so much, and it's not this demonic drug that people take that just kills people because they look at people like Dallas McCarver who collapsed on stage because he's on six different diuretics, he's on oral steroids, he's also on testosterone and trend. He might have some insulin in there. Like, people don't really realize how much it takes to actually kill yourself over at 26. And rest in peace, Dallas McCarver. I don't want anybody to pass away, but you're playing with your life at that point. And um, it's no different than taking heroin every day at extraneous doses and killing yourself. Like It's just like any drug. If you abuse it, then you're just asking for side effects. I got the side effects from it. I know many people that's got side effects from it. Uh, and I have to live with it the rest of my life. But I am not a person that demonizes it and says do not use it because I recommend it to anybody that's over 35, 40 mm-hmm. that their natural lovers will decrease and it helps them a lot. It makes them feel younger, stay in shape, gives them more energy. And it's worth mentioning uh, that women, because it gets demonized so often, testosterone does, women get handed birth control at an alarming rate at an alarming rate and it does the same things it shuts down their natural productions it screws their hormones all up and it's something that needs to be talked about my wife she had uh polycystic uh 
PCOS. PCOS, thank you. Mm -hmm. She had PCOS because of taking uh, these hormones her whole life and nobody gave her a pamphlet letting her know the side effects, causes, anything like that. And uh, it's not just men that are being affected, it's women too with stuff that they get handed. Mm -hmm. You know, so imagine these kids that have no idea going into it, they just want to look like their favorite fitness influencer. And it's just, it's sad because it's not, it's not a horrible drug. Well, I think that a lot of it comes, the demonization comes from the fact that we have made it, we have demonized it here for so long. Mm -hmm. And the first place I remember as a child was baseball. Yeah. yeah. Well, these guys are cheating because of steroids. Very bond. Well, it might, bonds. Be, it might be cheating and it might be cheating in, in baseball. That's fine. Right. Well, we forget now there's some things more stronger than others that are actually veterinarian and medicinal use. Mm -hmm. And not and not made not not necessarily made for human consumption, um, but uh, all these things served a medical purpose first. Yeah. yeah, they were there, and it gets demonized way more than it should, and and because it's a, it's a controlled substance now too. Because it's a controlled substance, everybody's scared of it. You can't possess it really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You get there's legal ramifications for possessing it. Um, we demonize three, I think. We've demonized it to the point in this country that it's just oh you're cheating. Right. Oh, uh, fuck no, you're not. The only thing it does is the only thing it does is allow you a bigger work capacity. Yep. Right. If you're not doing the work, it doesn't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. It can help you retain muscle if you're not actively working out and stuff like that. But it's not going to. The only thing it's going to do is allow you to recover quicker and get in the gym a little sooner. Right. That's the only thing it does. And another thing, me and Nathan talk about this all the time. If you're not sleeping good and you're not eating good, you're kind of pissing in the wind if you're using PEDs. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's kind of where it starts. Like if you're not doing those two th two things well. Uh, and by the way, hormonally, you're pissing in the wind if you're not eating good and sleeping good. Yeah. I mean, that's the, where, where it starts. A bigger person like me, probably less so awesome. But, you know, I re recently found out, I don't mind talking about this, I recently found out that I'm pre-diabetic now. My insulin sensitivity is poor. That affects how PEDs work in my body. Yeah. PEDs do not do as much work for me as they do for you two. And that's because of my diet. That's, mm -hmm. It starts there. You know what I mean? I sleep really well. But... You know, people demonize it, but you know, you have these things that there's remarkable changes in people, TRT patients, um, even us as strength athletes. So another, another thing too, it's not cheating in strength sports. Because it's not it's, tested. Unless it's tested. Yeah, unless it's Which tested. I have another story altogether about that that we'll have to, <laughs> everybody will have to remain nameless on that. But um, anyway, uh, unless it's tested, but basically in strength sports, you have to go out of your way to cheat in strength sports. Yeah. You have to actively, consciously say, I'm going to go do this tested event. Right. Um, it's it's generally common, commonly accepted. So my confusion about Liver King, you get in this fitness world, and I know he does pander a little bit more to the general fitness crowd, mm -hmm. but you get in this fitness world where largely, probably half the men, not so much the women, half the men are using PEDs. Don't give a fuck if you use PEDs. Mm -hmm. Truly. Yeah. If you just come out and say it to begin with, and even want to continue continue with your ancestral tenets and stuff like that. Uh, and by the way, some of those aren't terrible ide ideas. No. And and for if nothing for, for nothing else, just the discipline of it alone. Right. Not necessarily the diet plan or anything like that, but just dedicating yourself to something. Mm -hmm. His ancestral tenets is not necessarily a bad thing. But if he just comes out and says it, seventy five percent of the fitness community don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, that's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. Like the whole bodybuilding crowd don't give a fuck. Anybody involved in powerlifting or strongman doesn't give a fuck. 
The only people that's going to get huffy and puffy is bird-chested dudes that press 135. Mm-hmm. And they're those general fitness co- coaches. But that's the thing with the fitness industry is they are trying to get those new lifters that mm-hmm. know nothing about drugs. And, and that's what he did. He pandered to He did, and that's where he made his Gullible people. Because they're gullible, and he's going to sell his uh, natural, all-natural, bovine-flavored, you know, whatever, protein powder for $70 a, uh, you know, a tub. And that's where he, he made his money. You know, he's, he, his whole thing was eat liver, eat organs. Right. You know, and there's a lot of nutrients in liver Extremely and nutrient dense. And, you know, there's no problem. In my mind, there's no problem with them saying, hey, you should eat this stuff. And if you don't, you should buy my supplement because it has all this stuff. And that's perfectly fine. And I'm okay with I, that. I have no problem with someone coming out saying that. It's the lie. But it's, it's the fact that he's, he was saying, you know, I don't do drugs. I've never touched drugs. I will never touch drugs. People who touch drugs, he called them subprimals. Like beating his chest about being yeah, he, clean. He, he, yeah. just, it'd be one thing if he was like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, that's fine. And I mean, that's kind of an admission right. in its own. But at the same time, nobody cares. Because everybody knew. Yeah. Everybody that and knew anything knew. Yeah, the absolutely. The only people that that's... didn't know were the new people, the young people that were just like, oh, the, the, I can get, you know, well, ripped so, like you know, you, you know who the most, I mean, that general fitness crowd, the new, newbies is one thing. The most gullible people in fitness that aren't newbies are CrossFitters. To think that to think that their heroes aren't aren't right. actively using PEDs, right? They are smoking crack. Well, <laughs> I mean, didn't, uh, honest to God. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Mark Bell uh, he, well, that's take my, up for him and so, say that? So well, I, I have a point about Mark Bell too. He uh, he did have him on his show, and he asked him, "Do you do steroids?" He said no, and what his opinion was, he kept for himself. That's he openly said that he said, "I have my own opinions, and I'm not going to say them openly." Uh, but what he, what he, he said he was going to take him at his word because that's all we are, you know, so all, you got. all you got is your word. So he's going to take him at his word. If he says he's not on drugs, he's not on drugs. What my opinion is, you know, it is what it is. Right. And later on, you know, they talked about it and he said that he did assume that he was on drugs. He said a lot of things. I can't, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said a lot of things that came out to be true. Um, but I, I, he, he didn't necessarily take up for him. Right. But he said, we don't know. He said, this is what he said. He gave a professional and yeah. exact answer about what he, he, he exactly. answered the way he should have. Exactly. Um, I think, the, but Mark Bell's a good example of what I just talked about. If you're open and admit it up front, mm-hmm. like Mark Bell's a power, an old school multiply guy from way back. Um, Louis Simmons guy, Westside guy. His drug use is not... No, that's a badass shirt. Westside. His drug use is not a secret. Yeah. Mark's never been secretive about that. And he, I've watched him for years now. I've probably watched Mark Bell for 10 years now. Bigger, faster, And he's not, you know, he was my, Mark Bell was my introduction to powerlifting. Yeah. Because if you didn't know, him and Louie went around and introduced powerlifting to CrossFit gym. So yeah. as a CrossFitter, where I started, that was, my introductions was Louie Simmons and, and Mark Bell. Yeah. But Mark's never been shy about that. And also eats basically the same, not quite to the extreme, that uh, that Liver King does, but he does actually practice eating mainly beef, mm-hmm. uh, organ meat, stuff like that. Um, he does eat fruits and vegetables, and mm-hmm. he does have carbs and stuff, depending on what part of his diet's in. But he largely lives the same way, and he was very upfront about yeah. from the word go. And nobody, Mark Mark Bell's a fucking millionaire. Yeah, yeah. he has. He's probably one of the most watched fitness influencers on the planet, mm-hmm. and nobody has ever. 
And if they did, they probably got ran out of the comments comment section. But yeah. nobody has ever busted Mark Bell's balls about steroid use. Nobody's serious anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why? And I mean, he talks about he's, he's like you know nowadays now that he's you know more into running and stuff. He only does TRT. He says he does a little over the TRT dose. That's pretty much all he does. And he's talked before about how heavily he used steroids, how much it taxed his body, mm-hmm. and you know how much he ate and like just the absolute. But you know that's that's part of Mark's story. Yeah, that could have been part of Liver King's story. Yeah, could have been. And then everybody's sitting here talking about how what an honest guy he is, as opposed to if he if he had told said everybody said this to everybody on the front end, if his list of drugs came out and be like fitness influencers being a fitness influencer spending a bunch of money on good drugs, mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, it'd, it'd been no news. Right. Somebody, you know, I don't even know how the email was found. But bad press no, is good. bad press is press. That's at the true. end of the day, yeah, and there's there's still yeah. probably people beating their chest and, and defending a guy today. And um, that you know. Here's the thing, in my opinion, about Liver King. And one thing that he said in his apology video was that, you know, he created this Liver King character, right? If you're watching him for entertainment reasons, I can see that. Because the one time, the only time I've ever heard him speak was on the Mark Bell podcast. He sounded like Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, he does. He literally was like Macho Man, but... Talking about ancestral tenets and whatever other bullshit he was feeling. But he was like just that high energy, like coming at you like a, a WWE heel. And if you're going to watch it for the entertainment value, fine. I don't care. And if you're going to defend him saying, ah, oh, he's, he's entertaining, that's fine. He can be entertaining if he wants to. The only thing I have a problem with with Liver King, I don't care that he did steroids. I don't think 90% of people care that he did steroids. Instead, he lied to all these people and was like, I false pretenses. Right. Yeah, he just like you can you can look like me if you do these ancestral tenets, if you take my supplements. That's that's the only problem I have with Liver King. Well, if we're being honest, what point do we draw a line at performance enhancing drugs? Because people get mistaken a lot that performance enhancing drugs is steroids, testosterone, which is what steroids is. Steroids mm-hmm. is not growth hormone. It is not insulin. It is not. Um, it has to be an exogenous one. It's, right. Yeah. It's, it's not even SARMs for uh, the people listening because I know a lot of the kids uh, do SARMs. Uh, and I've had to explain to a friend at work, we all know the friend, uh, SARMs does not bind to the androgen receptors. It mm-hmm. is not. It will not shut down your natural production. And it is also not uh, researched a whole lot. There's no case studies on it. Uh, so we don't really know what it does. It's still new on the market. It's a designer, I guess you could call it a designer steroid, even though it's not a steroid, uh, clinically speaking. But at what point do we draw the line? Because uh, what's his name? Armstrong that did the... Uh, Lance Armstrong. Lance. He got busted for uh, marijuana. And he got... He got busted titles. for test. Right. It was but he got busted for marijuana afterwards, and he got one of his titles stripped for that. That's... A performance-enhancing drug. If you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, well, of you it. know, like you know, if you test MLB, like test for amphetamines, mm-hmm. that's a performance-enhancing right, drug. Because I mean, like if you, is, you know, it is if it you is. think mm-hmm. of it logically, if he's getting more sleep, eating better, and sleeping better, or well, I said sleep, but if he is getting a better quality of sleep, mm-hmm. then that is enhancing his performance. So where are we drawing the line at performance-enhancing? Because Liver King did nothing but do workout videos outside and push his uh, ancestral diet. He's not competing against yeah, anybody, yeah. so there's no performance enhancement 
to go against somebody. There's no competition. So if it's your regular Joe Blow at the gym, who's he cheating? Who is he cheating? Nobody. He's not cheating anybody. anybody. Yeah, and I and I I absolutely agree with all that. I mean, um, you know, here it is. If you're gonna if you're gonna go open non drug tested powerlifting, if you want to be if you want to not be on drugs, you can not you can choose to not be on drugs. There are some people that are elite without them. Wrestle. Very it's very rare. Um, uh, we're out here in Alabama. Jawan uh, Garrison, lifetime drug free. I mean, extremely strong. Pound for pound, might be a, arguably that guy's pretty close to being the strongest man on the planet. Pound for pound, I mean, he's fucking good. Lifetime drug free. I mean, you can do it without it, but, but but mostly though, if you're gonna go compete, unless you're a freak like them, unless you're gonna if you're gonna go compete in open non tested powerlifting, and you're not gonna do drugs, that's just kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. I mean, it's definitely not leveling the playing field. Wow. If you know, if you can go do it and you can go win and still be able to say that, more power to you. I'm proud of you for doing it. Yeah. But the vast majority probably doing something. It yeah. just is what it is. And we hear people talk about all the time about old IPF days, about people beating drug tests and everything like that. Hell, the, you know, the, the IOC's talked about disbanding Olympic weightlifting and getting it out of the Olympics because... Drug tests get cheats, cheated so often yeah. in Olympic weightlifting, and even more so back in the seventies. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it just it just is what it is. But the only thing that's confusing me about strongman powerlifting is you really do have to go out of your way to cheat mm-hmm. in those sports. And it just is. I mean, I don't know. It just is what it is. Liver King just should have been honest on the front end, yeah. and then nobody's having this conversation today. Right. I think we're uh, all in agreement on our opinion. Like, yeah, we, we don't care that he did steroids. We don't, just shit. don't bullshit people. Yeah, right. Just don't bullshit people. If lying to kids that yeah. are impressionable. Yeah, that's that's really the only issue that it, I think 90% of people have with them. Like, there's always going to be the outliers that are like, well, jokes are bad. Right, I can't believe you. I can't, I can't believe you. you know, it's like, just don't lie about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. And I understand from a certain point of view, you don't want to just like, some people just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be like, yeah, I'm on all this. Like, he had a shopping list right. full of drugs that he was doing. Not everyone wants to talk about that. Right. And that's fine. If you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about but it. Don't, don't blatantly for... lie and then demonize. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's... Yeah, Austin talked about, you know, what is performance enhancing, right? Like, yeah. tacky is illegal in baseball. <laughs> okay? It helps, a, it helps a pitcher grip, right? right. Yeah. That is arguably much more performance enhancing than a steroid is to right, baseball. Right, right. Yeah. Because how much faster Let me tell you something. Uh, um, a syringe full of testosterone is not going to make you a better hitter. No. It might make your bat speed a little bit higher. It might, you know, when you do hit it, it might make you a little bit more prone to hit a home run. Right. But it's not going to make you a better batter. Right. But something like that, which is not near as demonized as steroids is in baseball, is having an actual direct effect on the game, unlike steroids. Right. right. Steroids are having a direct effect on the person. Mm-hmm. They do not have a direct effect on the game. If we're like, talking about, so like, if we're talking like, about you know, like, in general... Adderall, if we're talking like nobody's competing and it's cheating, I think people who use Adderall is cheating because that shit is <laughs> makes shit way easier. Way easier. Yeah, to I mean, deal like, with. like I said, I think MLB, I think NFL probably does too. Test, I don't know how it would be beneficial in basketball just because it's so high paced all the time. Yeah. I just don't see a higher heart rate benefiting you much mm-hmm. right. when you're running several miles a game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, most major sports test for amphetamines because they're absolutely performance enhancing. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, you're even talking about something that's 100% not drugs, but is 100% performance enhancing. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, and, and I have a strong opinion about this, and it is just a personal opinion. 
because I use marijuana daily. Um, I'm not entirely sure that it is performance enhancing in strength sports. Now, it does help me sleep. And I'll admit that, that better sleep is performance enhancing. But I do think it has a negative effect on how you perceive weight. Like, nerve, I think it has a negative effect on your on your CNS, it in my yeah. opinion. And it my, also my takes perception. the aggression out of it. Because it does, yeah. It has a half-life just like any drug does. Yeah. So the the longevity of it staying at, say, you smoked before you went to bed, and the longevity of it, of the half-life um, is 12 I'm weak, hours. I'm weaker at 8 o'clock in the morning than I am at 10 o'clock. Right. And right. it's probably half-life, honestly. And most of the time. Food's yeah. no different. So it has yeah, to be half yeah, off yeah. of the marijuana. I mean, so most of the time, people are stronger in the mornings because they had all them hours of repairing, and then you have a better outlook on life, a better headspace when you wake up. So it would be negative in that aspect, but yeah. better in the sleep. So you really just have to. I, I do have it is like I said. I wish that there was something clinical on this, but I do feel like when it comes to strength sports, I do think that marijuana, especially if you use it excessively, has a negative influence on your CNS. Mm -hmm. And I think it does. I think it is because it shuts down your fight or flight a little yep. bit. Like you don't get up enough. If that right. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Aggression in strength sports is it just has to be there. Yeah, even if it's poised, even if it's not. I don't ever want to be. Um, Nathan's very very good at good at this too. I don't ever want to be one of those over the top stomping onto the platform, you know, making a big hoopla before and after my lift type of lifter, but like. I don't hate seeing it necessarily either. Because yeah, I'm that. Like, I want, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm that. I, I, I don't necessarily hate seeing it. I, I want a little bit more controlled aggression out of myself yeah. personally. Right. But uh, I think you, it's probably a learned behavior for you because your first power lift to meet, you were having people hit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, you know, yeah, but, but it's, it's like, well, I learned behavior probably. Well, sort but of. Like, but, but I wasn't getting hoopy. Like, I wasn't, yeah. like, getting up there. No, like, you wasn't doing, when I, you know. When I walked up to my deadlift, I was, like, I want, hyped up. I, but I, I wasn't, to, like. I want to see people excited to be there. Yeah. That's not yeah. necessarily what I'm saying. But, like, aggression is necessary. Yeah. Whether it's a controlled aggression or if you want to, you know. Yeah, so I'm, go, I'm the type of person you know. to get the crowd to react. Mm -hmm. uh, even at, uh. The previous gym that you worked at uh, when we had the deadlift competitions, I want everybody interacting. I'm a huge crowd pleaser. I love the crowds. I love the attention. That's who I am. And you also bring a big energy in the crowd. Right. And you yeah. get people riled up in the crowd for other people. Which and that's awesome. what I like to do. Yeah. And I like to get excited and I like to for it to be a big show because that's who I am. But not everybody's like that. You are more controlled to yourself. Uh, I, I think that, you know, to my, to my point about it, well, I think without that, I think it does... Marijuana definitely diminishes your effect to get into that. I'll say, yeah, yeah. And it ab absolutely does. So it is what it is. So do we have any closing thoughts on Liver King? Yeah, fucking. Yeah, fuck Liver King. I just think you have too many opportunities in the fitness world to be honest about it. Yeah. And then yeah. you know what really sucks. It doesn't matter what anyone says at this point. It doesn't matter. He's already made that money. Mm -hmm. He's already got. It's in the bank. That ranch with however many acres of land, which I think he had that before. Yeah, if he if he, he had did. To, if he had to sell every bit of a day, he's still a millionaire. Yeah, he's insanely rich, yeah. and it no, nothing else matters about what anyone says. He, at the end of the day, he's he's going to be rich. He's going to have all this money, and he's going to have screwed all these people out of the money. And I think he still sells it. I think I think he's right. I think that. You know, especially when you look at the Paul brothers. Yeah. All that. I mean, they did legitimately horrendous shit online as YouTubers. Yeah. And well, my opinion was horrendous shit. Um, he's he's under fire right now. I don't know if y'all followed that. Do y'all remember the Suicide Force thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some. I mean, they did some. 
I know they're good fighters or whatever, but they did some shitty stuff, and they're bigger than ever. He's not yeah. a good fighter, though. He's better than me. Um, but as far he's he hasn't fought anybody. Well, he's paid much. he's paid a lot of he's paid a lot of money and trained hard, and he is much better than average Joe. I mean, oh like, no, no, you know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like he's, but he's uh, not he's not an elite level. To, stu- to some extent, he's earned right to be there. That that you're talking about Jake Paul? Yeah, Jake Paul. Well, I think both of them fight. Jake and Logan. Jake both and fought. Logan both fight. Lo- I think it was Logan Paul was actually wrestling in WWE recently. He did okay. like a, a small stint in that, and he was. Like even though I, as a person, I don't like him, you know, and all the stuff. I don't. Know. He was probably a character there, though. He, no, he was phenomenal. He carried the entire match I watched. I was like, he's really good at this. They're like, entertainers. He, he yeah. put it. Well, I mean, athletically, he is gifted. Yeah. Like he did stuff I did not expect him to do. Right. Like he he per, he outperformed the champion. Yeah. Like and and that's just being honest. Like he and I. He's still lost because it's WWE, right. you know, whatever. It's it's scripted, but yeah. like what he did while he was wrestling was just impressive to me. Yeah. And I just the but short amount of time he did it. They're good examples of that though. Liver King's gonna come back. He's gonna have a new shtick. He's gonna he's gonna roll with something else. He will. He's got too much money, too much bigger, you know, too much of a fandom now. Um, there are gonna be people that are gonna be fans of him now. Defend him, what he's yeah. done. Uh, they're gonna buy shit anyway. They're gonna buy his new shit. That's gonna stem from this. Mm-hmm. This is all. I mean, what's to say he doesn't come up with a lot of PCT vitamins or some shit now? Yeah, right. Right. you know what I mean. Yeah. And just add, hey, this is all all natural, know, all fine PCT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, shit. I mean, somebody's gonna buy that shit. I mean, he's still getting shit bought. You know, right, it is what it is. I bad, mean, like I said, bad press is still press, and that's. I don't think I'm, I'm of the opinion now, especially. Um, Working in fitness for a long time, I just don't feel like in this business you, there's a lot of benefit to lying to somebody. Yeah, I don't want, feel like you should ever blow smoke up somebody's ass. No if benefit I, to the. If a brand new powerlifter comes to me and says, "Do you think I can total this in March?" You know, if it's a ridiculous number, I'm going to tell them no. Right. right. You know, it's like, listen, like you're good. I don't think you're totaling 1,600 pounds in March. Right. Or, you know, 198 pounds. You know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that they won't. That's like, can you squat three plates, deadlift four plates, and press two plates first, and then that's... Right. But it just doesn't benefit you as a coach or as a person to to blow smoke up somebody's ass. What benefits you is you say, no, I don't think you can do that, but I think we can do, I think we can do better than that long term. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we can can, uh, eventually outdo that. Yeah. You know, I think we can outdo that one day. Yeah. You know, I think that's fair. You know, that's, that's an okay answer, but don't just be like... Yeah, buddy, 1,600 marks. And then, and then you're ahead. also you going to weed like, through people yeah. that don't really want to put the effort in because... People smell bullshit. Right. I mean, and, and it might take them some time, but eventually they're going to they're gonna figure out that I, you're full of shit. He you're has the original pit, bull, pit boy. Uh, I fucking love Fallout. So. Fallout 4, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just don't bullshit people. Yeah. It just doesn't behoove us to do that anymore. It doesn't. It's not good for the person either because it's it's candy coating things. You're not going to help. You're you can't make them better if you can't effectively criticize them in a constructive way. That one does you should never hurt somebody's feelings over it, mm-hmm. unless they're just a really stubborn person. Um, you should never get you know damage them emotionally. <laughs> you know by telling them this, but See, that's you know largely thing. though as a coach or as an influencer, you're there to be a positive influence. Mm-hmm. That's another that's what's reason lost why in the word influencer. Start positivity. coaching. 
is because I'm not that type of person. That's another thing you have to have as a coach is you have to be able to break bad news. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person, if somebody were to come up to me at 170 pounds and like, can I, you know, total 1600 i'm like well fuck no you can't <laughs> what are you stupid <laughs> like, and you know that's i'm not i'm not the type of person to break news and like you know I, it's just not who i am that's why it, I it, it sucks to have to tell somebody like this wasn't your best set or this wasn't your best day right or pull your head out of your ass like this is 100 percent mental right now this isn't me mm -hmm. this isn't the bar this is you right, right. it's not fun to have those conversations with people yeah. but Newsflash, that's exactly what they paid you to fucking say. Right. Exactly. And they paid for your honesty and your professionalism. They didn't pay for you to be... That's my... That was my problem with the CrossFit... Now, not all CrossFit gyms are like this. Um, and my problem with the CrossFit community that I was a part of, it was always a slap on the ass and an attaboy. Mm -hmm. It was never, you need to do this, this, and this, and this to get better. When I became a coach, I was the guy that said... This is what you got to do to get better. I was ignored and eventually ostracized from that gym because I wanted more from athletes. Right. Not for my sake, but for their own sake. These people are paying you $150, $200 a month membership to get better. Damn. They're not doing it. <laughs> I didn't know it was I mean, that but, much. You know, you got to think they're all guided classes. Yeah, well, true. Now, it's not quite personal training, but it's not not personal training. Mm -hmm. It's group training, really. But, yeah. Um, you do work with people on an individual level, but you know, they got, that culture was built to the point, the culture, a culture of lies was built to the point that you couldn't even tell somebody the truth to make them better. Yeah. When anything becomes that big of a detriment, and that's what Liver King has done. Mm -hmm. He's built everything on a foundation of lies mm -hmm. and uh, he effectively hasn't made anybody better because of it. And he could have, like I said, jump out in front of it. He could have built his whole reputation being just as popular, if not more now, if he'd have just been like, Fuck yeah, I do these things. This is how they benefit me. This is why I do them. That's Give why. them an honest answer. Have bring your doctor if it's if it's guided by a doctor, bring your hell you're a millionaire. Bring your doctor on. Let him talk about what your blood work looks like, why what he's looking for, those kind of things. Yeah. He had an opportunity to do this. Thing. His intentions weren't there though. His intentions yeah. were for him. His, his intentions were to make money. Right. Yeah. Like that's 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 you know and, and you know if I don't know if either of you watched the the apology video. I, I didn't watch it directly. The thirty seconds. <laughs> Hey, but but he said in the, in like the very beginning he was like, I would before Liver King I was rich and anonymous. Now as Liver King I'm still rich, but I'm just not anonymous. Right. It's like that was his whole like you're 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 talking about money. Yeah. So obviously that's the only thing you care about. So why would I buy your supplement? That's probably just why would you buy his apology? Right, right. Well, he said, <laughs> he said he said it was complicated, and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck's complicated?" About it? Either you were on drugs, or you were not on drugs, and you said you were not, and you lied. The sketchiest thing about these drugs is how little people know about these drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like anything else. You you talk about like teen pregnancy goes down when kids are exposed to sex educational classes, right? Right. Stuff like that. STDs go down, teen pregnancies go down, stuff like that. <laughs> Same thing with steroids. If you don't want people to abuse steroids, especially if you know for a fact, a lot of people, in the men in the gym, a lot of them are going to use them anyway, whether they know shit about yep. them or not. They will. Well, the more open and honest conversation you have about them, the more uh, quality information these people give them, you could potentially save lives. Yeah. You, I mean, you really could. I mean, because there is a point... Um, us as powerlifters, I don't believe we use them to a dangerous level. 
Um, I do, you know, with trend and its toxicity and having used it before, I did, you know, I do have a fatty liver now, partially because of my weight and partially because of trend use and right. it partially because of alcohol. I mean, yeah. but, you know, three, three factors, three factors go into that. And you still can't completely blame steroids. Right. You know, I think the more open and honest conversation you have about it, the safer it is for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I Sorry, like guys. It's my, it's my. Had to get a refill. 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 Well, you guys got refilled. I have whole new drink. But actually, do you want to plug Alpha real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have two sponsors now. Uh, both businesses I own, um, also known as one of them, uh, Johnny Deeper Apparel, um, which actually Nathan helped to start. Um, Johnny Deeper Apparel. We have funny t-shirts. We actually have a new one coming out. Um, I'm pretty stoked about it. The Milf Hunter. The Milf Hunter. Uh, it's on a hunter green, hunter orange uh, font and everything like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, we should be getting it printed in the next couple weeks. And then Alpha Nutrition. Um, uh, technically, my best friend Justin owns it, but I, uh, I manage it for him currently. Um, and we'll be back in ownership probably at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, uh, those two. If you need uh, any nutrition stuff, head up Alpha Nutrition. If you want funny gym t-shirts, hit up Johnny Deep Repair. Yep. That's it. That's a, that's a sponsored ad. That's a, that's also, a, message me on Lord Thick Quads if you have good uh, good thoughts on a gym t-shirt. Good thoughts? Thoughts. Thoughts and uh, prayers. Thoughts, uh, thoughts and uh, prayers. Thoughts about gym shirts, not thoughts in gym shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Either one. Either one. Either one. <laughs> me and my wife will both agree. Listen, you could use that as advertising. Thoughts in your journey. That's should we do a should we do a shirt that says thoughts and prayers, but it's a woman? <laughs> <laughs> it might need to. Yeah, that's nice. Thoughts and prayers. Okay, so don't give I, all of our good ideas. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to overstep, but I do make the most ridiculous requests in uh, the Johnny Deeper group chat, and I either get shot down or they actually go with my stupidity. So uh, your milk hunter was your idea. Yeah, it's going down, and it actually looks really good. I can't wait to debut it. Um, New printer too. I had to check. Uh, yeah, shout out, so we um, didn't go with the original. I had right? to shout out my my um, a good close friend of mine, Ashley Phillips, uh, has a uh, has a little printing company called Koalities, which is a that's, extremely that's funny sick. name. That's great. Um, so shout out to her. Uh, we'll tag you. Uh, we'll tag Koalities uh, in this podcast if we can remember. Um, but uh, but yeah, she's printing it for us. Uh, it'll all be hand printed. Uh, right here in Coleman, Alabama. Um, I noticed the quality looks a lot better too. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, she she really went above and beyond to make sure we got exactly what we wanted. It so, seems like we went because um, we were with a business. I won't name the business, but we were with a business that does multiple, multiple t-shirts. And it seems like there was a lot less love and energy yeah, put into it, it. And it was just another number. Yeah, well, actually, I think this, I, don't, I can't speak for her, but I think this <laughs> might be one of her bigger orders. So I'm really happy to bring her I am big business. Local business. And... Uh, I'm really, honestly, too, I'm a big fan of the eight-man apparel shirts, mm -hmm. and they print with vinyl, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a really sturdy logo and stuff, uh, and she prints with vinyl, so I'm really I'm really excited for that, because it's going to be a really good, high-quality shirt for a long time. Um, so, Qualities, check out Qualities if you need anything printed. Uh, most of the time, she does, like, one-off custom stuff, um, but I'm sure, just like for us, that she would accommodate any size order, within reason. It is just her. <laughs> right. uh, we get we do small batches, so we do twenty five to fifty shirts a run. Um, so it's not too overwhelming, um, but absolutely check her out. All right. So 
the reason why we originally did this podcast was not about Liver King. It was about rivalry and powerlifting, and and really in I guess sports, sports in large, general. Because yeah, um, there's there's you know like football and basketball. There's rivalry. The Olympias tonight. Right? Yeah, I'm sure there's Olympia. Uh, there's plenty of rivalry on that stage. Olympia yeah. is but, tonight, ain't it? Oh yeah, I, I, forgot, I, I saw Seabum had a, yeah. a pre-judge. He's classic, pose. right? I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's not up there with the big boys. He's, he's not awesome. a mass monster, no. but uh, big big Robbie defending his title, right? Yeah. Um, really, Nick, Nick Walker. Um, there's another one I was told to watch out for. Did Randy get a title? I think he won last year, didn't he? Because I always Olympia heard Olympia last year. I always heard for years and years the judges hated him. Uh, I think because he, won he was last super year. blocky in his waist. I think he won last year. Really? I think that's, that's dropping by the. Him. I think that's dropping by the wayside, dude. Because like, there's only so much size you can put on without putting having a blocky core. Well, so the that thing is, is I, I don't. I'm not a huge proponent of uh, bodybuilding. I don't. I don't see the the fun in it. That's not sport, saying it's not, not a good sport. Yeah, but I just. I don't. It don't interest me. Yeah. Um. That being said, Ramey was one of my favorites. I loved his personality. I also like Kai Green. Because Kai, Kai Green's a personality. But yeah. Ramey was one of my favorites, and he was one of the true underdog stories. So uh, I always heard that he always got uh, a tough shake every time at the Olympics. Yeah, I think he won it last year. Um, Good. Uh, some incredible dudes. But, you know, I'm sure, I know for a fact, watching old documentaries about Arnold and shit, I know there's rivalry on that stage. Oh, guaranteed. So... That, that brings us that brings us to this next thing, and you do see it some. Uh, one person I have so much respect for, and he'd probably hate my guts because he just he kind of rips on everybody a little bit. But um, I love Derek Thistlewaite, yeah. and one of the coolest things about him is not necessarily that he talks shit, but he does seem to bring a little hotness, a little bit of rivalry, a little peak of interest to powerlifting because like. Um, he ain't letting nobody talk shit about him. I don't think, <laughs> I, I, to be fair to him, I don't think that any of it's uh, uninstigated. Mm-hmm. I think they bring it to him. And then, as he would say, they absolutely get the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But, I, man, I think it's good for powerlifting. And I've said for a long time, I mentioned to both of you guys, sports are better when they're chippy, dude. Like, if you watch, you sit down on a rivalry weekend of football, and I'm a big Auburn fan. Uh, obviously, Alabama's in a middle of the greatest sports dynasty we've ever seen with Nick Saban. But I promise you, I enjoy the Iron Bowl more if everybody's talking a little shit when they're getting up. If everybody, between plays, if they're in their face a little bit. Watch the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl's been elite the past couple years because those guys hate each other. Because Mississippi State and Ole Miss guys hate each other the whole way. See, other sports, one of the most entertaining things in baseball is when the bench clears. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's, that's I mean that's one thing that could save baseball. Honest to God, is, is rivalry in that sport. Honest, honestly, um, the biggest thing that you hear in fitness, and this is absolutely true, when you're in the gym and you're doing your own program and you're trying to stay in the pocket, one of the biggest things you hear in the fitness is it's you versus you. Mm. That's absolutely true. You have to outdo you. That's a fucking to be statement though. But I'm I'm telling you right right now. There isn't one of us in this room that go, and I know I'm going to get beat because I'm the worst one out of the room, and I got to compete against you in March. Mm-hmm. You squat 200 pounds more than I do, <laughs> um, but none of us. I, you better bet your ass. You can bet your ass. I ain't going to let you walk away with right. a win. <laughs> like, I mean, you're going to dust me with squats. It's going to be over with. I'm but gonna... I'm going to give every bit of every ounce of effort I have on bench press and deadlift 
to close that gap, whether I do or not, doesn't matter. I'm going to fucking endanger. I'm going to put myself in danger to come as close to you as I possibly can. You, you, can, you can quote Austin Blair on this one because uh, it's one of – I know y'all have heard me say it. Uh, one thing I like to say about attempts on squats, deadlifts, and bench press is the first attempt should be something you could do with the flu. The second attempt is something you're scared about, but you're pretty positive you can do. Your third attempt should endanger everybody around you. <laughs> so, uh, I, I promise you I will leave a uh, C4 and C5 vertebrae snapper on uh, Zach over here. Uh, I will not leave him to save my I'm not fucking going to, life. But I'm not, but I'm not going to go down without fighting at all. <laughs> to save my fucking life, I promise you I'll try to put 10 extra pounds, even if I'm beating him by 200, just to say I put 200 pounds. So, so even still, though, so to, to really have a rivalry... There has to be some threat of losing. Right. I don't really, you don't really have a, to be honest, you don't really have a threat of losing to me. Now, I'm going to go and give it hell because I want to and because that's the way you should do sports. Um, but you bet your ass if there's a third guy in our class, uh, my, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to kill myself to make sure I'm not dead last. But the thing is, even if it's I'm a guaranteed it. win against you, I'm still going to make sure I beat the fuck out of you and him. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> like, currently, what's driving me right now, uh, objectively, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm probably a lot stronger than Nathan right now. He's, he's cutting. Uh, he's super lean right now. Uh, and he is one of my biggest proponents around me uh, as far as being close to me in strength. Uh, but he looks fucking good right now, dude. He does. I've seen some veins in the biceps, and uh, it pissed me off. So I wanted to look good, and his back strength really pisses me off. And, like, in this room, I'll give him a hug and kiss him on the cheek. But outside of here, if somebody says something good about Nathan, I'm like, fuck Nathan. <laughs> He's a piece of shit, you know? So um, it, the rivalry is good. Uh, Nathan and Zach are probably the best thing that's happened to me in powerlifting because if it wasn't for them, I would have no direction. Uh, so rivalry. Yeah, it's, it's not about hating somebody. It's no. not. It's not about. And I don't want. I'm never going to be the type of person. I'm not this way in sports. I hate a football fan that says, "I wish so and so would get hurt." Mm -hmm. No, I want to beat you at your fucking best. Yeah. Right. Don't tell me that you have elbow tendonitis or right. you have. I have a torn labrum right now. There ain't going to be a soul in motherfucking March that I go compete against other than you because you've dealt, known me and seen me deal with it. That's going to know I have a torn labrum in my hip. Guaranteed. Yeah. That ain't gonna, ain't gonna be a fucking thing. Everybody's gonna see me at my best, and they ain't gonna know what's wrong with me. Period. Period. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to know that. I don't want to see my favorite sports team beat my most hated sports team with so the a dilapidated, yeah. yeah, roster. I don't want to see that. That's not. What I want to see. I want to. When I want to beat somebody, I want to beat somebody at their best, whether it's a team I root for or myself. And I say that to say this, and this is. This is the kind of the point of the whole this whole this whole situation. You versus you is an excellent thing in the gym. You have to outdo yourself to get better. That's all there is to it. But what really elevates you is competition. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you have to have five more pounds to beat somebody and you ain't ever had that weight on the bar before, it's within reach, but you gotta have that five or ten pounds to beat somebody. That is what makes you better. Yes. Absolutely. At the end of the day, uh, it is a competition. It is about the measure of the man or woman in the competition. Like, you're going to have to edge them out somehow. Mm -hmm. Well, if we go back to the beginning of the podcast, when I was shouting out Curtis and him benching 405 at his weight, um, 
I was a lot stronger than Curtis. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time of him benching 405, I was repping 405 for seven reps. Uh, I ended up benching 450 in the gym, only 435 at the meet. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime that he hit a PR, it pissed me the fuck off. And I would actually go, and there's one rep max calculators and dot. Well, it wasn't dots at that time. It was just Wilkes. Yeah. And I would see what his Wilkes is for his current maxes, and I would see what my Wilkes was just to out-fucking Wilkes him, even though I was stronger than him, but I didn't care because I was fat and he was skinny. And I was like, I'm going to fucking beat him at his own game. So <laughs> their competition really just drives who you are, and it's what got me into the sport is I, I was like, I'm good at powerlifting, but I'm not better than fucking, you know, so-and-so. And another proponent for me is... Uh, who I look up to a lot is uh, Jonathan Oldham. He is he is who I aspire to be, and he is so fucking strong. And I just want to beat his ass in some squats, <laughs> which I'm a long ways away from. But that's that's who drives me. Nathan drives me, and then Zach and March. Uh, I'm gonna beat his ass at some fucking man. Even even with coaching, right? Like I told, we've mentioned this on a podcast before. The whole reason, one of the whole reasons I hired Ron. First of all, he's one of the nicest guys in the state of Alabama in powerlifting. Fucking great dude. Um, has helped me more than, I promise you, than he even knows. He's helped me in passing at meets as a coach that, in ways he probably didn't even see as a big deal. to be, And he had a huge influence on me. But one of the last straws that made me hire him was him making a call for one of his girls that beat my wife at Queens of the Beach this past year. Um, and it was just... It was that competition that said, this is who I want to coach me. Right. Yeah. I have elevated myself because he beat me, not even at the powerlifting game. He's way ahead of me in powerlifting. But he beat me at the coaching of powerlifting, and that pissed me off. I mean, it, it did. I mean, I, I, and I expect, I mean, honestly, somebody of that caliber, he's a caliber, he's extremely, extremely high caliber coach. Um, so I'm honored in a way to, if I'm going to get beat, let it be by Ron. I mean, honestly. Mm -hmm. But... Like that calls me to say the fact that he's a nice guy, and then the the fact that I have to see him perpetually beat my ass as a coach. It makes you more well, mad that he's not. We get a week out. Um, no, it does. It, it doesn't really. But like, but it did draw me to him. Right. Like it had it had a positive effect on me across the board. Like competition is healthy, man. And I don't understand. I just don't understand uh, the you versus the you versus you thing on competition day. I mean, I know you're there. You hope to set PRs and stuff like that. Nathan's deadlifted this past meet of his is a prime example of that. Mm -hmm. He went and deadlifted what he had to to win. I actually didn't even need it. To be fair, I didn't need it to win. But but, but you didn't have to put 690 on the board. No. That's my point. Like You yeah. didn't even have to put He had 680 easily. You, yeah, he did. But he, he didn't even have to put himself in harm's way. But like... That I would have. He would have if, if, if that guy... If the dude, dude that he was competing against would have called up 670... Uh, I would have called whatever the six, kilo conversion I, is. I think it's six seventy two. I would have called the same thing. He he would have called that, or that that have been uh, you were ahead by bench press, so like you wouldn't have had to yeah. pass him necessarily. But he would have done everything, just like you said. He'd have gave his whole fuck every vertebrae in his yep. back to uh, to make sure he. Won There's that. nothing more um, upset, upsetting when you go to a meet and you look at your rosters for the flats and you're the top of every one of them. It what, some people like that. 
it upsets me because I'm like, there is no competition here. Like, I'm just going to walk. And that's another thing that we didn't touch on earlier when we was talking about, um, what was we talking about? We was talking about, um, shit, I'm getting off on tangent. But basically, when it comes to powerlifting and being tested and untested and all that, like, you want to compete against untested if you're untested. But powerlifters get to a point where there are so many different fucking things that you could go into you could be a master submasters equip not equip this that and it's just like handing you a fucking trophy there should be if you're over the age of 60 you're in your own class if you're a female you're in your own class otherwise you are fucking fighting to win there should not be 15 awards awarded at the end I mean, of it these big these big meets the big money beats are all uh, meets are all done by dots or wheels yeah. right so I mean, that's how it of course be. you can still win your weight class and stuff so, like that but like so it's kind of <clears> like you at the end of the day lifter of the day is done by wheels right yeah nor so, dots depending or on do, the, yeah, yeah, depending the federation. federation but we lift USPA so they There's use dots, dots. yeah um, but I mean lifter of the day where you get the prize or the money is is the total yeah, competition? It's, it's yeah. the total. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. You win your weight class, great. Here's a medal. But all Go those, all those pats on the back, I think, feeds into mm -hmm. what we're talking about is the competition. Those pats on the back don't help them. They're like, oh, I won a trophy. I did good. You didn't. You were garbage. You were the only one in your fucking class. <laughs> like that. That shouldn't be a thing. I've won so many medals that I have thrown away. Because I won them because nobody was in my weight class because I was equipped or not equipped. There should be, which equipped and not equipped should be a difference. You're always competing against the record book. Let that be known. Right. Yeah. But at the level that, you know, I guess, is it fair to say that Nathan's probably the closest to breaking state records out of the three of us? I've broke state, rec state well, records. I know, I, know you, I know you have, but currently, but, like, as they yeah, sit, yeah. Prob probably Nathan, right? Because you were talking about 220 chasing that deadlift or whatever, 220. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Um, you're always competing against the record book, yeah. and that's and that's completely fair, and that's obviously an elevated sense of competition. But it is not the same as having somebody across from you that you have to edge out by five kilos. So yeah, it is not the same. Actually, <laughs> uh, speaking of that, I have broken multiple state records that I didn't even apply for because I didn't give a fuck. Uh, the whole reason I started powerlifting was to fight the people that I was going against. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I, I know I've broken uh, the bench press because the bench presses are really, really not that heavy. The squats are astronomical. They probably too. have changed, honestly, yeah, because there's some pretty yeah. fucking big bench presses. When, when I started, though, the biggest bench press was 430, and I beat it by 435 uh, in Alabama. Uh, well, that being said, I was in the... Um, junior. Junior. Yeah. I was in the junior. Yeah. So uh, I'm no longer in the junior. Um, three years passed, but... Uh, when I was in the junior, I beat it by five pounds, and I didn't even apply for it because I wanted to beat that motherfucker that bench pressed 405. <laughs> and you wanted to beat him by 30 pounds. You I wanted, wanted to rub his right. I, want, I wanted him to look at me and see that I'm superior. I don't, in, the same, in the same sense, like, not only do I want to win against the, the best competition of the day, because I'm never, I mean, let's face it, I'm, I'm 33 and have a 1,500-pound you know, total. I'm never going to be a professional in this. Not In terms of coaching, sure, but not... Not in terms of my actual lifting prestige, but I do want to go win the day. I do want to be the, the best one. That's re, that's why you go, right? At the same time, just like I don't want to, I don't want to win against somebody at their worst. 
I don't want to lose to somebody at their worst either. I want to yeah. lose to somebody at their best. That's even yeah. worse. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, you know, I, I want to know that I did everything I could. If I still get my teeth kicked in, that's fine. You know, I'm probably going to compete at 275 or 308. There's some really good dudes in both those classes here in the state of Alabama. One of those guys show up, put up state records, national records, something like that. I will lose with a smile on my face, but I'll be goddamned if I ain't going to go out there and try my damnedest to do everything I can to keep them from doing that. And it's not, is it, is it realistic at that point that I win? No. But like, I'm going to, just like I want to win at my best and I want to win against the best, I'm going to lose at my best and against the best. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's just well, so the first meet I ever went to ever uh, was with Curtis and it was the SPF meet in uh, TriStar. And, uh, TriStar's not a bad place for me. TriStar's not a bad place. Uh, Percy's Black was at my first <laughs> meet in my weight class. <laughs> And uh, he opened up with a 788 squat. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that defeated me. <laughs> uh, I was like, damn. But I still blew my asshole out trying to squat 530 like we were in competition. I didn't give a fuck. I wanted to give the, my best performance. You know, that's, a, that's another thing, too, about all this. Like, we were talking, we we're, were going to get into social media robbery mm -hmm. a lot of the time. I don't really know that social media rivalry is necessarily a thing for the most part because typically the loudest people on social media is that those comments are always coming from below. People with better than you are not blowing your comment section up about how crappy your form is or anything right. like that. You're never going to catch somebody like, you know, you're a really strong dude, but you're, I guarantee you you're never going to catch Jonathan Oldham shitting on you in the comment section. Jonathan Oldham. But I bet you you will. You are, you are going to, you are going to see some fucking storms goblin with, Broccoli hair tearing apart your form. Your, Not the broccoli hair <laughs> tearing apart your squat depth on on uh, on, uh, on Instagram. I don't. But it never comes. But you know, it never comes from above. My point is that shit never comes from above. Yeah. yeah. It only ever comes from below. I never notice it on uh, Instagram. Uh, I don't have a ton of followers on Instagram, but go follow me on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but I don't have a ton on Instagram. But anytime I have ever posted on TikTok, I posted like me benching three fifteen for fourteen or fifteen reps. You know, I'm pretty crazy amount and uh, these dudes were like not a single rep was done because i have short arms and a big chest mm -hmm. so like and i'm like okay like you know i locked them out and they touched let's my see chest. your let's see your video of pressing three yeah. let me see you literally i just commented like okay thanks you know like <laughs> Uh, who cares? Like, I've never... I've met four people in my life to be able to do that. Like, who cares? I put, it, hurt, it hurt her feelings really bad, but one of my stronger girls squats over 400 pounds. Has a pretty big deadlift, big bench press, too. Uh, between her and another girl, uh, Casey, mm -hmm. Heather probably is... Those two girls are probably my closest to a 1,000 pound yeah. total. Um, which is no joke. That's a heavy fucking total for, for a lady. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we posted a video of her squatting over 300 pounds for reps one day. And, and boys, it was when reels first started getting going. And boys just tore her apart on Instagram. I ended up having to take the video down because it was like affecting her psyche so much that she didn't want to come back to the gym. The mass a, moves mass type it, shit. You know, like... Yeah. This is this is affecting her so bad that she no longer wants to be a power lifter because y'all were shitting on her. Right. But every one of those boys couldn't put three fifteen on their back and squat it five or six times like she was. Shit, she can squat it for and fifteen that's a, probably. That's the thing but, that fucking really fucks with me 
is uh, when I would post on TikTok, a, a common theme is they would say, mass moves mass. And I'm like, what does that mean? You're saying just because he's 400 pounds, he can move a lot of weight? That makes no sense. That's right. That's right. There's so serious. many overweight 400 pounds people that couldn't squat the bar. Right. That's like, what I'm saying. And I'm just like, mass moves mass, I guess, to a certain extent. Muscle mass moves mass. Right. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. it's just like, I mean, it makes no sense because, and, and that being said, this is kind of shitty of me. Um, one of my things in powerlifting, if we're talking about rivalries, rivalries, damn, is uh, always being a step above the strongest woman. Uh, I think I think women, women are strong. Uh, Steffi Cohen's strong. Tamara Walcott's strong, which is who I'm talking about specifically. Uh, she deadlifted 630? Yeah, some, some monstrous. 630 on an elephant bar. And uh, I couldn't have that. I had to deadlift more than her. I cannot be out deadlifted by a female. I can't be out squatted or out bench press, uh, which is far uh, on the bench press. But squat and deadlift ain't very far. And uh, one of my goals is to constantly stay above the strongest woman. Uh, not because I think women are lesser. It's just, you know, one of my goals is to stay above. Boy, there's some elite women mm. in powerlifting. I mean, just... Have you seen Hunter like, Henderson? Hunter, Hunter, Hunter oh, Henderson is man. a fucking beast. Monster. You know, she she moved to bodybuilding full-time, but... No, uh, no, see, she, see, she, no not, not Hunter Henderson. I'm, not talking, I'm talking about CeCe Ingram. Oh, okay. Um, I'm thinking Holcomb. Well, she uh, she was married, changed her back, lane back, back to Ingram. Okay, but um, she's bodybuilding now. But you know, she was going to be the first girl to bench press four oh five raw, which is ridiculous. Anticipated, you know, she had a six hundred plus pound squat and a six hundred deadlift. You know, that's stupid strong man. She, Just she was unbelievable. Directly in competition with Steffi Cohen, right? By by dots, dots or yeah, Wilkes dots. or one. Okay. I remember which what. Steffi Cohen was one, one of the time, strongest females. By, at one time, you had like. The top five people by Wilkes uh, in the in the world were women. It yeah. was like Mariana Gasparian, mm-hmm. Steffi Cohen, Cece Ingram. I'm sure was she was. Mariana yeah. that was direct competition. Mariana yeah, was a yeah. fucking. But I mean, boss. I think uh, Steffi had like a 666 point Wilkes or something. Yeah, Steffi's. Uh, Steffi's. It was it was top. Mariana that that passed her with like 670 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, because she had, but you know, the cool, yeah. I mean, Steffi was a hundred twenty-three pound power. I think it's worth mentioning. So it helps, you know, helps dots and Wilkes scores, obviously. I think it's worth mentioning uh, earlier in my story talking about Perseus. Uh, he was top twenty-five in Wilkes at one point. So <laughs> in the world, <laughs> yeah, in the world. So, he was up there with Joe Sullivan, and Joe Sullivan squatted four hundred five for like sixty reps. Joe so. <laughs> Sullivan. Joe Sullivan is one of the most shit-talkingest-ass people. (laughs) I love Joe Sullivan. He's great. I don't think any of it's... uh, Most of his isn't unwarranted for the most part. I don't think he's... I don't know. I think he just starts shit. I think he does. I think think he starts shit. I think it might be a little bit, honestly. But, you know, you're seeing this rivalry in professional powerlifting a little bit more now. And it happens on social media. Mm Mm-hmm. More than it happens to us average Joe powerlifters. I think it happens more on social media because it's a, it, it's bigger. It's a right? national or worldwide right. group now, yeah. and it draws. And you're still only talking about you're talking about three or four dozen dudes that run the world. Yeah, basically, and it's all amongst them. Yeah, like was it not Taylor Atwood that was all over Derek Thistlewaite's ass? Was it about, was it Taylor Atwood or was one of the one of those boys? Uh, I know Taylor Atwood. Like, I don't know Derek Thistlewood. I heard y'all talking about. Uh, he's, well, he's, young, he's like he's Derek? like the youngest. Derek? 
Mm-mm. He's like the youngest guy to total twenty two hundred plus. Uh, he's got, I mean the dude's got like a nine. He's got what? He's got a nine hundred pound squat. 800 something pound squat. He just recently deadlifted not, eight something. So there's some. He's got a nine, I think he's got a 903 deadlift competition. Does he? There's yeah. some kid that y'all might know him by name, but he used to ask me for uh, bench press tips back when I first started powerlifting, if that tells you how old I am. Uh, and I was benching like 315 for like eight reps, seven, eight reps. And uh, his Instagram handle is one rep Maxius. Y'all know him, Maximus mm-hmm. or something like that. He's like a nineteen-year-old kid, and he's deadlifting eight hundred for reps. He's he's phenomenal, and uh, he's up there with Duncan Hundley. If y'all know Duncan Hundley, I, I'm familiar with him because of you. Yeah, uh, he's just something else, and it pisses me off that he asked me for question or asked questions to me, and I'm just like he surpassed me by a lot. And I'm just wondering what's in the water up at Tennessee because he's in Tennessee <laughs> as well as Duncan Hundley. It's like what are they? Well, Tennessee's up there? pretty fucking strong. I just saw um, at a drug tested meet in Brentwood, somebody pulled 744. Yeah, that's um, and he was he was not necessarily a lighter weight class, he was either a 198 or a 220. And that is that's still pretty goddamn good. That is pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, a drug drug tested meat, and it was was absolutely and it's crazy because like. Uh, testosterone levels are so much lower in this generation mm-hmm. than they have been previously. So where are these big boys coming from? Knowledge is easier to find. Better yeah. technique. Yeah, uh, true. There's less back and forth about it. Better coaching. Yeah. Um, better nutrition. Let's be honest yeah. with you. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of things that that factor into it. I mean, that goes with any sport, man. People, older people, especially especially in this state, when it comes to Alabama football, you hear them talk about. Fucking Kenny Stabler being the best fucking quarterback ever or something. Man, Kenny Stabler couldn't walk on it out of now right now. Talk about him being great all you want to. Talk about that generation of football being better because it was more defensive or whatever. That guy wouldn't start over anybody on Alabama's roster right now. He'd be uh, he might be an Alabama great. You know, an older generation again, talk about like Bart Starr or somebody. Mm-hmm. That guy, I don't, I don't care what he did at Green Bay after he left at Alabama. He would not start in today's what? NCAA football, and a lot of it isn't because, uh, it isn't because those guys of yesteryear are lesser men. It's because science is just better. Yeah. People have the people are going to crucify me over this. People have the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James argument all the time. LeBron James if, is so old and just forty point. I mean. People have that that argument all the time. If they're both given the same resources, yeah, maybe Michael Jordan would be better. So, but if you're comparing career versus career, man, I'm sorry. It, by science alone, modern day strength and conditioning, dots and stuff like that, LeBron's the better basketball player. Sorry, what it is what it is. What, I mean, what's your opinion? Because I'm not a huge sports fan, but what's your opinion if Barry Bonds now or when he was in his prime? And the Bambino was in this generation. What do you think? Do you think the Bambino with his fat fucking tummy and them stogies would I mean, have started? I'm not gonna, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. No, absolutely. Maybe it, baseball, there's a little bit more leeway, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you have some, man, I'll, Bartolo Colon was a pretty hefty dude. <laughs> I mean, he got, he got pretty fucking fat. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, I mean, so there's, there's some pretty, uh, there's some pretty good examples of, uh, People like that in baseball. That being said, I'm a huge Steelers fan. I love Terry Bradshaw to death. 
those guys used to smoke cigarettes and drink beer at halftime. Yeah. Like, don't tell me that Terry Bradshaw was a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. It's not the, <laughs> that's not the fucking truth. People talk about, like, John Elway and Dan Marino. Those were both great quarterbacks. Hell, I grew up watching them. You know, in the early 90s, watching Dan Marino. I remember John Elway's championships and shit like that. To think that they're even close, even remotely close, to somebody like, fuck, Aaron Rodgers. Is, you're smoking crap. Tom Brady. Tom, Tom, well, Tom, Brady. Tom Brady has... You know, he's played through a couple generations now. Yeah. He's definitely on the tail end of it going down. He's I think been playing he's good. as long I think as I've been alive. Let it be known, too. I think Tom Brady's a good quarterback because he's a good leader. Yeah. I think he elevates play around him that much. In terms of raw talent, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, you have somebody, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, Patrick Mahomes now. There has never been somebody more physically gifted than Patrick Mahomes. Don't tell me just because you watched... I'm a big Brett Favre fan, huge Brett Favre fan. Don't tell me Brett Favre is as good as fucking. I don't care what he won or what he did. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes, and it's not because he couldn't have been. It's because it's from a different era, and science has surpassed anything Brett Favre ever saw when he played football. And it, and it, I think that's where we're at in powerlifting now. Is knowledge is power. Technically, we're better. You know, back in the day when Eddie Cohen won everything, he's still one of the greatest of all time. Extremely strong individual. A lot of that shit, he was having to figure out himself. Yeah. yeah. Now we can go and watch Eddie Cohen tell us what time. he did. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Like we have a wealth of knowledge now um, that we just didn't have before, and I do think that makes people better quicker. Yeah. A little, a um, little bit off subject because <clears throat> uh, it's not pertaining to powerlifting. I think this generation is stupider than it was in the previous years, and we have the most wealth of knowledge. Capable. I know, and I, I know why about that. Um, knowledge, accessibility knowledge is not inherently knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because we're living in a generation that wants a here and now answer and doesn't know, want to know how we got to that answer. There was a time, um, Sandy's a very analytical person and could tell you about this because she has a very logical brain. But there was a time where human beings were more concerned with the process in which you get the answer than the answer itself. Yeah. Now we're spoiled because we have Google in our pockets and we want a here and now answer yeah. right now. We, are we the want that answer right now. Here and now. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and I think genius really in, li- in lies in, in figuring, in figuring out. out how to get the answer. Well, it's, <laughs> you know? so it's no different. I didn't mean to cut you off, Nathan, but it's no different because uh, y'all, y'all both know that uh, I study Japanese pretty frequently. Yeah. And there's fucking three alphabets, the third yeah. hardest language to learn. And uh, it pisses me off because there's so much to learn on it, and I just want to be able to learn it like it's Spanish. Like, Spanish is so closely related to English, and Japanese, up until 10 years ago, didn't even have textbooks capable of taking you to the uh, native-speaking tongue. So... Uh, I struggle with that daily because I can just go and look and see, you know, they're making like headphones that directly translate mm-hmm. shit from somebody directly to your ears back and forth. And uh, I have to fight that because I want to learn it at a native tongue. So the the wealth of knowledge that we have and we don't access is crazy to me. Because um, there's so much shit you can learn. Most of the time, I mean, we talk about this uh 
for y'all, for you guys that don't know, my formal education is in music. So before I was a powerlifting coach, I was a professional bass player. Um, we talk about this in music all the time. Anybody can make something sound complicated, but not everybody can make the complicated sound simple. Well, that's a process-oriented thing. Yeah. The more familiar you are with the process itself and not necessarily the end result of the process, the more you can manipulate said end result, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's the same idea, like, right? I mean, the more intimately you understand a process, the more you can manipulate it to your own. That's the difference, like you were talking about, between you being an athlete and me being a coach. You're a much better athlete than I am, but by your own admission, I'm not. I'm, I, I am the coach. Between you know, between us. It's because I am more concerned, while you're concerned with just the answer, I am more concerned with the process that got us the answer right. than anything else. And that's, you know, that's not here or there, but anything we're a part of, we're so used to a now answer that most of us, unless we're professionals put in it, uh, we're not really obsessed with the process. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a huge fan of steak. I like eating steak. I don't really care how a cow is processed. That's how I am about power. You know, you know I, mean? I don't care <laughs> how I got to a 700-pound squat. I just want to know Well, yeah, I just want to get there. Yeah. I don't care how it's done. Yeah, I mean, that's, but, but I think that's sad because as much knowledge is available, um, there's just fewer and further between people that are actually curious about the process in which gave us those answers. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's sad to some extent. Also, to some extent, it's necessary as human beings because you'd drive yourself crazy if you're concerned with every little process. Yeah. But me as a professional, I should absolutely be concerned with the process. Mm -hmm. Like I think that that's in incredibly important. It's just like anything you do, um, if you really want to be good at something, you have to know the process. Yeah. Like, you know, as a musician, you don't sit down and learn somebody else's songs because it's, it's to me, it's not the most fun thing to do anymore. I don't necessarily like playing in a cover band. That's also how you learn the process right. of writing music and everything. Same thing in powerlifting. Uh, when I first started, I was the only person that knew, understood linear periodization, like I said. Well, a lot of things I did was regurgitation of the things, power, uh, powerlifting programs that I had ran. Um, it was a lot of, honest, honestly, it was a lot of plagiarism and, and, uh, Cutting and pasting, like, you know, after I run a couple of cycles as a beginning coach and figure out, hey, this really worked for people, this really didn't, this worked for this person, didn't work for that person, let's copy and paste. And before you know it, when you've done that 100 times, 200 times, 300 times, now you have your own process mm -hmm. because you know how the process works. With anything, that's where the genius in lies. And I just don't know that the majority of this generation Millennials and younger are really concerned with the process of anything. Right. And that's sad for the workforce. That's the reason there's less blue collar jobs. There's less uh, construction workers. There's less, you know, brick masons, plumbers, electricians, stuff like that. Is people just want their house wired. They don't really care you yeah. know, how they did it. They just want to pay somebody to do it. Yeah. But unfortunate thing, when somebody chooses their education or their career path, they don't necessarily say, I'm going to go learn this process so I can be good at this and this can be my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of fucked to be honest with you. I mean, well, I think there's also uh, just speaking directly of like the brick masons and the electricians and the plumbers and all that. Um, they were at a point in the older generations where they were working so much and staying away from their families so much. And I think this generation 
uh, actually I know because I've seen this study, is uh, this generation wants to spend more time with their family and their kids growing up because they didn't get to because of the previous generation. Well, that's all well and good, but, I mean, we live in a rural area. People that make money around here, you can say doctors, engineers, lawyers. Right? Right. Top, that's probably the top three jobs anywhere in America most of, yeah. most of the time. Outside of that, who makes all the money? Contractors yeah, and farmers. Yeah, yeah. Because they, you know, now ask go ask a contractor how hard it is to get good help. Yeah, right. And that's a completely different. Well, just just speaking from my own personal, um, because I was a machinist and a welder and uh, a programmer at one point, and uh, I learned all that and found out the processes, did trigonometry, did all that. Um, sucked because <laughs> I worked eighty, ninety hours a week, yeah. and I didn't get to see my son. And I gave up that to sell tires. You know what I mean? Yeah. I make considerably less money, but I get to see my son. So, yeah. like, I think I think this generation is also dealing with that in the same hand of being in the middle of a pandemic and also being in the middle of a recession. recession. Um, it's just, it's it's a weird, weird place to be in. I think in general, people are more concerned with quick answers and everything. No, I, I talk about this in the music industry. Um, there's a reason why, you know, me and Nathan probably more more so than you, we're a little bit we're kind of music snobs, mm-hmm. but we actively have to seek out music that we want to listen to. Yeah. Most people will just turn it on 103.7 and whatever 103.7 tells them is cute is cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they listen to. Well, this is a, this is supposed to be a cool song. I either like it or I don't. You change the channel to another major radio station or you or you listen to the song. Right? That's how people that's how people consume music. It's a here and now answer. Yeah. Now, most people are consuming music by what's popular in a TikTok or a reel, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, it is what it is, um, but it's a fast food mentality with everything. With the news, people are, regardless of what side of the demographic you're on, uh, in terms of Republican or Democrat or an independent like myself, um, most people are going to flip it to their favorite news station, and whatever they tell them, that's what they buy, baby. You know what After I mean? And that's, you, 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 know, you scroll through Facebook or something. It's like, this is the headline. They read the headline. Okay. No need to even read the damn article. Like, you know what I mean? I, I read the headline. That's all I need to know. And you just keep scrolling. Maybe you comment on it saying, I knew this person was shit. Yeah. And then you just keep scrolling. Getting people to meal prep is like pulling teeth. You know why? Because you're going to spend five minutes in a McDonald's drive through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, a, it's a quick answer to everything. We have a problem in this country with obesity. And most of it's not because people really want to be obese. It's because they have a preference for convenience mm-hmm. over their own health and they do that with everything from how they consume music how they consume for that matter how they consume sports powerlifting's not on the espn we got all that by our own our own fruition now uh, julius maddox does a favor of that big bench press thing mm-hmm. and got it on espn it is what it is strongman is from time to time but like i think you know uh, like thor's deadlift was yeah on it was ESPN. on was on espn but for the most part our sports aren't there we're, we're not, not. The, the sports that we're consuming aren't aren't mainstream just like the music me and you are consuming isn't mainstream and just like us all three of us with meal prep that's not mainstream it is what it is and i'm not i'm not trying to be a snot but i'm just telling you people consume based on convenience and you know even talking about meal prep and the convenience there's so many companies that have come up that are just like i'll meal prep for you and send you this thing all you have to do is microwave it it's a 
It's a convenient way to meal prep, yeah, right? It's a, it's the way of getting out of the process of making your own food. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so convenient-based. So I wonder, to tie it back into the actual conversation, I wonder if people aren't concerned with rivalry anymore because it's more convenient in some ways to show up, compete in your class of one, mm -hmm. get the medal, take the picture in front of the banner, Tell everybody on Instagram you won gold with your 1,200-pound total. Go fuck ahead. off and go home. I mean... It is. Uh, and I wonder... Uh, you have to wonder if it if it's permeated our culture. And uh, the you versus you mentality, I would argue, is kind of convenient. Yeah. yeah. It really, it really is. it kind of is. Because, but... like, then you're not... Then if, if it's a you versus you mentality, you don't put yourself... In harm's way, you don't have to get out of your comfort zone. You don't do anything like that. But that's the beauty of competition is it pushes you out of convenience and comfort. That's a big thing with this generation is comfort zones. Yep. And the real world's not comfortable. Uh, there's death, there's plagues, there's diseases. It's just... People die for no reason. The, the uh, gold star for participating, I think, ruined this country. Um, yeah, that's not even a political statement. I mean, that's... Uh, should you There's, get an attaboy for trying your best? Yeah, if you tried your best, that's fine. Good job. You don't deserve a fucking trophy. You don't no. You don't deserve a trophy just because you competed. If I were roll up and I do a 1,600-pound total and somebody did 1,730, there is no reason that I should get a trophy. None. And just as important as winning is to the psyche, losing is just as important. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much value in losing that nobody wants to talk about. Failure you, is you, a huge building. You know why nobody wants to talk about losing? Because losing is uncomfortable and inconvenient. Right. But you learn so much from losing. You're self-analytical. You see things that you could have done differently. See things that this guy who beat me did better than me. Like, there's so many positives to losing. And people just, I just don't. They don't want to lose because it's They're uncomfortable. And it is. Hell, losing can be inconvenient. You just spent all this time training. You just spent all this money to participate in the meet, buy buy your gear, both exogenous hormones and physical gear. Like that. <laughs> you know, you know, you spent all this money on meal prep. You've spent all this money on coach. coach. You've spent all this money, and then to go get your ass drug. Hell yeah, that's inconvenient, and hell yeah, it's uncomfortable. But how do you expect to get better? Right. There's like you versus you will carry you in the gym on a day to day basis. Be better than you were yesterday. I'm about it. But like, even in the gym, dude, don't tell me as a man, you don't look across the gym and be like, that guy's bench pressing too. I'm about to fuck his world up. Yeah. I'm, I'm pissing on this guy's fire hydrant. Well, He's going to remember my name before this gym It's not over. good for our nation because uh, this is a hot take. Uh, and I might get drugged for this later. But saying, say like bully, I got bullied when I was younger. And it's what drove Same. me to powerlifting and getting better and feeling better. Uh, the, the acceptance of everything, uh, which, you know, gay rights and transgender rights, I agree with. Everybody should deserve to be happy. But I'm talking about, like, accepting that you're not being your best self and you're unhealthy and you have heart problems and you're not going to the gym and everybody's like, you're perfect the way you are. And then putting people in an early grave because of it. That's not okay. Being realistic and reflecting on oneself is what is what makes this generation turn from where we are now to being better and building better. Because like, 
even like my little sister, uh, for context, she was really, really heavy when she was younger. And I was the only voice of reason outside because my parents were like, you're fine, you're perfect. She was 400 pounds at 14 years old. And I'm like, you're not fine. Like, you will die early if you do not quit. Like, and you didn't say that because you hated her or because I you love her. my sister. Yeah. And that's why I told her because somebody needed to tell her and be real with her because everybody else is making it seem like it's okay and i'm like you will die it's not if you will die if you continue yeah i don't know where we got to i think if somebody's happy they're happy i think if their health markers are where they need to be that's acceptable yeah if you're 20 uh, percent body fat 25 percent body fat that's and uh, but i think i think that uh i think that if you're going to be in hell i've, I've talked about it myself Right now, I'm big to my own detriment. It is not healthy for me to be the weight that I am right now. And I, let me tell you, I am not. If I was walking through Walmart right now, you're probably not going to look at me and say, that guy's fat. Okay. I mean, I am overweight. And I definitely have fat to the shed. But you're probably not going to say, that guy's morbidly obese. He's going to die of a heart attack tomorrow. Right. Um, even though I'm at risk of, that, of those things, truthfully. Like, there are plenty. Half this country's fat. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we've just decided fat can be beautiful. Sure, pretty people. You know, there's pretty people that are that are bigger. That's and fine. It doesn't matter. But about the people. fact that it is an actual medical precursor to some very real things is going to put you in your grave. That the mediocrity people will just accept because you're told to just accept things, and you're expected to just accept things. It's not okay in business, in life, in any part of life. To accept mediocrity. It doesn't mean that you ever have to achieve beyond mediocrity. Right. But you should absolutely want to be better. You should always want you to should be better. Ab absolutely. Always. Um, Not just in the fitness world. You just need to and, be better. And, and your health and your mind. Uh, you know, everything. I mean, Learning. Like, what are you doing on this world if you ain't learning something? You're just wasting away. You're yeah, just absolutely. wasting away. Especially if you're agnostic or an atheist. Like... Right. You, you're just going to live and then die? Like, yep. you ain't going to learn anything? You're not going to put any kind of mark on this earth? I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person at all. Um, my problem, I would probably say that I'm agnostic. My problem with atheism in, in, in general is that uh, how lifeless can something be? Right. Like, so, you know, just, it's just something to be like, listen, like, like it or not, religion has given us various types of religion disciplines, I should say, more so than religion, mm -hmm. has given us countless cultures across this world that are beautiful and awesome uh, and a great thing. It's given us, uh, it's given us discipline, <laughs> like I said. Like, it's given us a framework of how to live and be a good person. And that stuff gets shit on now, dude. Yeah. And let me tell you why. It goes back to exactly what I said. It's because being disciplined and being a good person is not terribly convenient or comfortable. Right. Let me tell you something. You can hurt people's... I'm dealing with it career-wise right now, um, you can hurt somebody's feelings by telling the truth. People are not, but it's the right thing to do. It's right to tell the truth. But people are not equipped to always hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. And that's detrimental um, to the future. To, the, to society. The truth is, that going back to the, the topic of this show, is that rivalry is healthy for us. Competing, elevating yourself is, right. better, is better for us than that you versus you mentality, and nobody actually wants to talk about that and accept it. Right. And look at this whole profound, it sounds like we're chasing rabbits. We've had this whole profound conversation about 
not wanting to be mediocre, not wanting to be unhealthy, not wanting everything like that, and basically boils down to, and then again about rivalry, and it basically boils down to, people just don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. And nobody wants to get out like, of their comfort zone, and that's where greatness is made. That's where the Arnolds and the Lee Priest and the Barry Bonds and the Pro Throws and you know all of these Mahomes. That's where they're made. Is these people did not want to be the same. I don't want to be the same. I might not ever be the Elon Musk of the world, but I'll be the Austin Blair of the world, and you'll know that you know I've done something. You it, know? Do something so people have to remember your name. God, just do, do something. something. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I really don't expect myself to be great at powerlifting, but I promise you one thing: I don't want to get any fucking worse at it. I'm not here to get worse at it. Like, I mean, I may only ever be mediocre, but the goal is to not be mediocre. Right. I mean, like, I mean, I don't, you don't, keep you don't do this fucking thing for, you don't do anything for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a small business owner, dude. It's fucking hard. You know, there was time this year, time this year, partly because of my, my career choice that, uh, I had a hard time paying my bills for the first time ever. I'm an extremely frugal person, very good with money and didn't know, you know, toward the end of the year, didn't know where my next meal was going to come from sometimes. Uh, fortunately, you know, Sandy's is, is in a good financial situation too, and I do have her to lean on a little bit, but that's not comfortable. You don't want to do that to your spouse. Right. Um, but I'm also, what I'm showing the world too is I'm not scared to fail. Yeah. Right. Fuck it, it's just money. But you're, like If I fuck up everything I'm doing right now, oh, I've learned something from it. You're willing to take that mm-hmm. chance, and it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. That ties back into everything because... See, I'm not. I haven't been willing to take that chance because it's uncomfortable, and I'm part of the generation that don't like uncomfortability, and that's why you see less small businesses, and that's why you see less things like that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's fucking sucks. Sometimes as a small business owner, dude, but and hell, I just took a, you know, I just took a beating walking away from. Albeit, I work seven days a week in it. I just walked away from a full time job and sure money for money that I don't know necessarily when it's going to come now yep. or if it's going to come, you know, but that was also the move I had to take to actually get better and be better. Yeah. And this whole thing being about rivalry, it can be you versus you. I do believe that you are on your, your own worst enemy a lot of the time, but like seeing somebody else do a little bit better than you and saying, I want to beat them is exactly what you need sometimes to get out of your comfort zone and do a little bit better. And I'm just telling you, it is not a negative thing in any shape, form, or fashion. I think rivalry can be negative if it's perceived in a certain way. Like, if you just, like... I don't want to And be- I think it goes back to really what you were talking about. Like, I want my team to beat this team, and I hope this person gets hurt. No, like, I don't... That's what it yeah. starts to get. I think that's a lot of what people think. At, at that point, that's what people think it is. Yeah. But there's no honor in that. Right. Exactly. I think a, a true rivalry is I'm going to beat you at your best. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I am, what level I'm at, right. but I'm going to beat you at, at your best, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. And if you beat me, so be it, but I'm going to do my best to beat you at right. your best, and that's it. And I don't think it has, I don't, you know, just like you talk about, I know you don't hate Nathan. Right. You, it may piss you off that he's stronger at some things. It does. It, I mean, it does. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> but, but it's good. Yeah. It's and absolutely it good. That, yeah, it's absolutely me. good. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to hate this person. Right. 
you don't just because just because you want to beat somebody on the platform doesn't mean that you have to hate everything about them and just you know shit on them every time somebody says something about them or anything like that. It just means that you have found somebody probably close to your level Mm -hmm. and that you desire to pass them. Yeah, right. That's that's it. Like and talking shit drives you to that's part of that's part of being a man, dude. Like we talk shit. Period. I mean, it's not, I mean, I understand how sometimes it's perceived as bullying, but I don't think any, especially none of the three of us have ever said anything to each other that we would perceive as like being a actual dagger to the back or, yeah, you know, I mean, know, like I something painful. straps on your dagger. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, even, but, even me right now. I don't think he's talking, really losing sleep over that, though. Right. <laughs> even me while we're talking right now, uh, talking about how strong his back is, that's going to push Nathan to continue to grow so I can't. Yeah, I don't want you to be. Right. He don't want me to be the top dog. These are are healthy things. Here's the thing. I know you out-squat the fuck out of me. (laughs) So I've been absolutely trashing my legs to try and get a better squat so I can actually compete. Just close the gap. Even if even if you still out squat me by fifty hundred pounds, if I can get closer, that's right. That's all I've achieved. My goal. I mean, I just don't think so many things. Rivalry being one of the top ones that we we talk about in day to day life that get shit on that just really shouldn't. I mean, it's at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron, right? It is you versus me. I mean, it, I mean, it, it is. It's always. It, it's the matter of it's. It is. So look, it's it's you versus me. But I want you to get better, right. because if you get better, then I have to get better. It forces me to get yeah, better. Yeah, I I can't just let you get better than me, and then like if if it wasn't for you squatting seven hundred pounds and you squatted five hundred, I was squatting five fifty. I thought. Whatever. Right. No right? Baby. There's no B. I'm squatting fifty more pounds than There's you. no pressure to There's squat five sixty now. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like, but if you're if and it was the same thing with uh that guy I was in direct competition I forget his name, but uh, great kid. He ended up being a good, good kid. kid. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to him after the meet and everything. We exchanged words, they were good words, you know. Yeah. Um, but like the fact that he was above me in squat, his opener was like forty pounds heavier. I was like, Fuck, I'm gonna have to compete. Cause I thought he was a junior. I thought he was a junior, but I thought he was just competing in juniors. He's junior and open. I was right. like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to compete right. against this kid. And it wasn't like, fuck this kid. He's, he's a piece of shit. I can't believe he's squatting 40 pounds more. It was like, oh, i got to work hard to get it in There was range. There had to be some gamesmanship. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, you know, also in the same hand, like when I go to a meet, I am in that headspace because it helps push me. Because I'm like, fuck this kid. I'm gonna beat his ass. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but, but he again, it's not. It's not actual. It's not actually personal, no. right? No, I don't want. I don't want him hurt. I don't want anybody hurt. But when I see him, I'm like, fuck this guy. I don't care what he's been through. He opened up with 40 more pounds. I'm gonna end with 40 more pounds. You know? Yeah, you know. I just think that that's what it takes, dude. And I just don't think there's any. I really don't think there's any shame in what we're talking about. And I think it just gets much like the PED thing. It just. It, it's just a bad stigma that's almost needless. You know what I mean? You like, know, talking about PEDs, like people shame it. They're like, "Oh, you're cheating to get better." No, I'm doing what it takes to get better. Because right. some yeah, people absolutely. aren't like, "Here I am, about to put my health at risk just to say I'm better than you." Right? Like it's, you're literally just like, and it's not better than you on a moral or ethical level. No, that's, I be beat clear you on that. Yes, but like, 
I'm doing this to say that I can do things that you can't. Yeah, right. You're pushing your, you're literally, think, think about how crazy it is. You're injecting hormones into your body just to be better than somebody else. Like you're, you're doing some crazy stuff in, in the, for the sake of outlifting. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting yourself at risk to be better. And you, like you are doing things that other people won't do right. to be better. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like this, that's what it boils. Let me down tell you something. To. The real, I'm going to tell everybody this. I'll look directly at the camera. <laughs> the real reason why people don't get better is because they don't want to do the work to get better, and that's the reason why steroids have some bad dogma and mm -hmm. bad, you know, bad opinions about them. Is they think it just frees you of the work, yeah. motherfucker. If you think it frees you of the work. Go do them. And don't yeah. do the work and see if you can do anything the rest right. of us can do. Yeah. You can't. Period. I challenge you. Go fucking do it. That's, if that's, you think you can do anything like we can do it, go fucking do it. Yeah. Prove it. That's, that's the Show best, the best comment ever is, oh, I could do that if I was on steroids. Go do, do steroids. Well, they never please. will because that's what they hide well, behind. Yeah. It's they, they, get to, yeah. they get to say that. They get to hide behind that comment and say that and just... Piddle around, they get to do their arms five days a week like they do. Fucking make sure they got a pump before they go to the club on Friday night. Yeah. And then talk about all of us big dudes like we're shit bags or something. Like, you don't know your dick from dirt. Right. You wouldn't know what hard work if it hits you in the fucking lips, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, the, End of the, statement. Fuck the, you. The, link, the link I'm going to, I am a probably below average powerlifter. The link that I go to to just say I'm an average powerlifter. Is far beyond any amount of work most people would fucking perceive on a day to day basis yeah. in the gym. Yeah. Period. Powerlifters do nothing but lift heavy all the time, though. That's it, dude. That's yeah, it. Man. That's all it's we do. It's fucking one set every five minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do five sets a day. Bring the folding chair. Total reps, Bring the folding uh, chair and the, the whole world. gummy bears. Gummy bears. Yeah. The whole world shits on us, dude. Let me tell you something. As a powerlifter, and, and CrossFit probably saved my life. I've said that multiple times on this podcast. It, it took me off of a bad, bad path. I have had my shit handed to me in powerlifting way more often than I had it handed to me in CrossFit. Yeah. Everybody can deal with breathing heavy for five minutes after a workout. The days and days of anguish that you feel in powerlifting. Uh, <laughs> the, the real injuries that you... I've had some real injuries in CrossFit, too. Mm -hmm. Fuck my shoulders, for the record. Um, I'm hurting right now. But uh, the things I put myself through. And just to have... We had somebody come in that... Uh, I know his. I know his name too. I'd like to slap him now, but he uh, he goes to a local CrossFit gym and uh, uh, I shook his hand. He came into my place of work and uh, I'd asked him about it and uh, he asked me what I did. And I told him I was a powerlifter. He's like, "Yeah, that's quite a bit less intense than what we do." It's a CrossFitter. I said, "No, it's not." I said, uh, "My exact words to him was, it's funny that we're all stronger than you.'" <laughs> and. Uh, I laughed about it. Of course, he stopped laughing. Mm. Um, but that, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with CrossFit. That guy probably don't back squat 250 pounds. Yeah. Like, well, you're going to come in my gym, my place of employment, you're going to shit on me? <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Go kill like, honestly, somewhere. Honest to God. Yeah, get out, of, get out of here. Please, go show me a strict pull-up, motherfucker. I can do them at 290 <laughs> pounds. Like, fuck you. Like, I've, I've, but it's the truth. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with that sport. It's a great sport. And like I said, it saved my life. Um... But hell, I've had, like I said, I've had my ass handed to me way more often in powerlifting than ever did in CrossFit. Seriously handed to me. That groin tear was rough, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no. The I back hurt my injuries, groin the other day and I was thinking the, about the it. The back injuries I've had are fucking rough. Yeah. Um, 
Mine's mostly shoulder. I, 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 my, my right shoulder was because of a snatch and CrossFit is actually what started it. But the, the pain I've, you know, dealt with bench pressing two, three, four times a week as a power lifter because of that. It's like people just don't have any fucking clue, dude. They don't. Nobody just, ever does until they get into Just talking about uh, when I was in prep for this last meet that I did, and I was, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I think I talked to you about it directly. I, I know I talked to Sandy about it. Was there was like this whole time frame when I was, uh, when I was prepping and bending over and squatting down at work was fucking painful. Like, I subjected myself to that for months just to get ready for this meet. And then, like, when I stopped lifting so heavy and I was able to squat all the way down to the floor with my body weight, I was like, I haven't been able to do this in months because of all the pain from powerlifting. And people won't do that. People, Normal people for no monetary they don't, they don't for no them. monetary gain for no status gain. Right. Like I'm not getting just don't even up. go on ESPN most yeah. of the time. It's just unless you do exorbitant, outlandish feats with strength. Mm-hmm. This doesn't even go on ESPN. Nobody even knows we're we're basically doing this for for ourselves mm-hmm. and to beat that guy ahead of us. Right. That's I mean nobody cares. Nobody. Girls don't care unless they're in the sport. <laughs> I like, got into weightlifting thinking, thinking girls would care. <laughs> you know, they you don't. Know, you know, like they, they, I mean, they don't. You know what I mean? I'm fortunate that I'm married to somebody that does. Yeah. Um, she appreciates what I do, supports me in it, and everything else. Um, you don't get in it for girls. Mm-hmm. You don't get you in it. For, you don't get in it. To, <laughs> you don't get in it for uh, me and Sandy got into it together. So I can genuinely say I didn't get into yeah, it for that. Right. But um, <clears throat> you don't get into it for that. I mean. You don't get it. I mean, nobody sees it. Nobody sees what we do, the grind we do every day. Yeah, they see us, our top set of the day on Instagram. They don't see the other hour and a half of a workout. And, right. Or they, don't, they don't see the fucking RDLs we're doing. We can barely fucking wrap our hands around the bar because my arthritis is so bad from deadlifting that I don't have any grip strength left from pain alone, not because my hands are weak. Like, nobody sees that part. Right. It's like... No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's as big of a grind as anything I've ever done, ever, ever done. any other sport endeavor. And I don't, I don't know how it gets cut so short. And I don't know why it's so trendy to just, it, but it is pretty trendy. You see the folding chair. Yeah. In a, in a gummy video bear all folding the chairs. Time. Gummy yeah. bears and folding chairs. We do eat the fuck out of some gummy bears. Can't confirm. That one's true. Uh, I have yet to bring a folding chair to the gym, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think I have either, but I have eaten several packs of gummy bears in my time. That insulin, it helps that insulin. I, I just like the way it tastes. So. <laughs> it's your workout carbs, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not going to be that guy with the powder and like mix. I, I, think, I think the only grind that can compare that's probably worse is bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. Yeah, bodybuilding. And, and I know that... Um, I'm not willing. I know that... Uh, I know that a lot of my functional fitness CrossFit buddies are going to get real huffy and puffy about this, but I promise you there's not not a bigger grind than bodybuilding. No. I can say just from recent experience that being on the the cutting aspect of bodybuilding and trying to like lift is extremely grindy because there's things that I know I should be able to do and my body is just so weak and so tired. And it's like, it's not happening. Right. Like, even just bicep curls. Like, I'm on the bicep curl machine. And I'm like, yeah, and then it's just like cramping up. And it's like, God, I can't. And you're just on, a, you know, not, I shouldn't say just on a cut. But you're not in a bodybuilding prep. 
No, right. I'm not you're not peak weeks. You're not you're not you ain't pumped full of diuretics and mm-hmm. on a, you're doing a water cut next week. Yeah. So you might experience some of this stuff, but like the things I watch my coach Grant do, mm-hmm. um, what I've watched Elizabeth do, um, our bodybuilding friends, Salsa, um, mm-hmm. his wife, um, you know, several people in that sport close to us, the things they do, I'm not sure I I'm not sure. And I'm gonna try. Attempt to do it next week for uh, next year for that uh, transformation mm-hmm. show, but uh, I'm not sure that too many people can hack that. No, you have to be in like, a whole different. Mind that's space. a whole different mindset about food. Mm-hmm. Um, food is no longer enjoyable. Yep. Um, Nothing's you know, enjoyable. You know, from what like I, like, I, I really do think that's that's got to be the only grind on planet Earth that compares to what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't ever prepped for strongman. Strongman looks pretty fucking rough. Yeah, you know, a lot like CrossFit, you have to be prepared for a hundred different things. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that is the that's the hard thing about CrossFit is you don't know if you're going to do a clean jack ladder or if you got max pull ups in five minutes. Like, yeah. it could be anything. You got to be prepared for it. And that's the hard right. thing about strongman too. Um, I've never done that, so I can't speak on it. But uh, just watching these guys do these bodybuilding preps, I'm not sure there's. I'm really not sure there's anything harder. No, that's, the amount of that's discipline it takes. I've always been very <clears throat> vocal about not being able to do that. Watching Salsa mm-hmm. go through his prep. And he get he starts getting the death face, and he's on hour twenty four being fasted and doing stair stepper for forty minutes, and I'm just like, no thanks. Yeah, that's that's too. I don't think I could ever commit to a full body build. We talk about this all the time. Our mentality is so geared toward, and I have to change this. I compete on March fourth. I have to I have to be swap my mindset in a day's time. March fifth, my bodybuilding prep starts. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure that we're accustomed to that mindset i mean yeah you got you're getting a taste of that but our self-esteem is tied to how much weight is on the front <laughs> yep well, i mean it's, it's it's our self our self-worth is tied to do i can i rep 315 on bench press how many times can i hit it like you know can i do this on beds can i do this that's on squats? whatever that's what it always be. stops like, me during a cut yeah. strength yeah I mean, that's the most discouraging because thing is like i know i need to be lighter i have to compete with you at 275 i'm 290 right now i got 15 pounds to cut by march 4th like, it sucks to fucking cut. Yeah. It does. It make it makes you think. And mentally, it drains you because you're you're so like in this mindset of I know I'm this strong. I've been this strong before. Right. And you have to just like you have to take a step back and be like, I know why I'm not this strong. Right. right but it still doesn't help. It doesn't help. It, it doesn't. really doesn't. Because <laughs> like even even taking that step back and I've been doing this for the past six weeks i think seven weeks yeah however long it's been since my meet and i've just been like i know i'm not this strong i know but every time i go into the gym i'm like i need to put on more weight than i did right and it's a detriment every single time i try to do it and i fail mentally i'm like fuck why am i doing this why am i cutting and i know why i'm cutting you know, I want to get leaner and then put the weight back on in a healthier way, more muscle mass. There's tons of benefits to doing this, but mentally, it's like I don't want to be weak. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, that may be tied to self-esteem, maybe tied to being a man. I don't think men want to be weak. I don't not, think anybody not, wants to not, be weak. Not genuinely. No, not no. Uh, man, if that was true, like I mean, think about the. The skinniest, nerdiest dude you know, and what does his comic book heroes look like? Right. Exactly. The people he idolizes. I mean, like, you know, 
it's it's not a joke anymore. I mean, it's it was it was a serious goal for you, and it's carried you a long way. Yeah. You started working out because you wanted to look like Batman. That's right. I mean, like, like I mean, there's nothing fucking, wrong I mean, with you, that. You were there was nothing wrong with that. You were that guy. Yeah. Like, you you were probably at one point you wasn't in the gym though, but you I bet you still would have wanted to look like that and be like that. I, I think mean, it was pretty close in time to when I started. It was. It was about the same time I was reading Batman comics, I was watching wrestling, yeah. and I was like, these guys are just massive and strong. I'm like, I want to be like that. You know, I want to be strong and big and like, I don't, I don't want to be skinny and weak. I don't, and I, and I, I, I may have said this before, I got made fun of a lot for being really skinny. I was like 160 at one point. I was thin. Yeah. Like when I first started to go into the gym, it was... You know, scary photos. Yeah, like I was nothing. I was, I was so small, and everyone's like, "Eat a sandwich." You're, you, you need to get some weight on you, and it, it kind of pushed me into that space, I guess. So I bet it's even harder for you to cut down and be a, li- a lot skinnier. It's, it's been a, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be, mm. and I lost the weight fast enough that it, I feel like it was that was a big benefit of it because I. As fast as I lost the weight, I was like, okay, I've, I've lost this weight really fast so I can gain the weight back right. in a faster amount of time. Like, I don't have to cut for as long. Right. So that that was a benefit. Um, but being skinny is kind of like, man, do I really want to be skinny? Fortunately, when I took some progress pictures, and I'm not going to share them because I didn't think they were that great, but um, I look very similar to being 232. Right. Because um, I took pictures at, at just before the meet, and I took pictures about a week ago. And other than like a slimmer waist, I don't really look that much different, which is a positive. Right. Because um, because yeah, I saved a lot of my muscle mass, and I've really just I probably lost more water than anything. Yeah. So I didn't have to really like That's worry about goal. yeah, because the fat and the water is all that I really want to lose, right. and that water cut is going to push me even further and then i know it's gonna it's gonna be fucking shit for a whole week but i'm hoping by the end of that week i get to a point where i can look at myself and say i got where i wanted to right yeah i mean that's i you know i grew up not an athlete a musician by the time i was eight years old i was a musician by the time i was 13 i was playing professionally i never was an athlete but I mean, I remember, I don't remember, like most people in strength sports, I don't remember Arnold, the bodybuilder. I remember watching Arnold and Sylvester Stallone on my favorite action movies when I was a kid and thinking, these guys are fucking nuts. Like, they're fucking, <laughs> and everybody wanted to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fucking tell me you didn't watch the first Predator movie and say, God damn, that, guy, that guy's biceps. Like, I want to be like that one day. Like, you can't tell me that wasn't true or like... For me, I, I've always, despite not being an athlete, I've always been a huge football fan. Yeah. Like seeing somebody like, uh, like uh, Bo Jackson. Yeah. The size of his neck, the size of his thighs, or a big person in the '90s when I was growing up was Mike Tyson. Yeah. An absolute unit of a human being. Like, yeah, I wasn't an athlete, but fuck, I, I still wanted to be that guy. Right. Or you know, I was a big wrestling fan too. Steve Austin. Yeah, Steve Austin was Steve. Big. Steve Austin and the, and the Rock when he was younger. Yeah. The Rock looks better now than he did when he was younger. Yeah. But like, just seeing those guys, like those heroes, man. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I mean, nobody looks to 
everybody, every, every man in America has somebody like that. They say, God damn, I want to be that way. Yeah. You, know, you know, everybody does. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, how we don't want to put in the effort to get there. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it boils down to. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you know, even now still we look at our own faults. Me and Austin to sit here and admitted to you that it's, it's our diets mm-hmm. that hold us back from looking the way we want to performing the way we want to. Uh, a lot of things like that. You have to sit here. We have to sit here and honestly ask ourselves, are we as serious as we think we are? I do if, it all the time. If we were, Wouldn't you why can't that? we, why can't we choke down that chicken and rice instead of, right. you know, McDonald's. McDonald's and 14 margaritas. Talk you know what I mean? Else. Like, I don't know. It's, it's getting, you know, it's funny that this, this conversation about rivalry turned into one of whether or not you're willing to do work and do the inconvenient things. But right. I think it really, right. that is the heart of what we're talking about though. I think that's the heart of rivalry. But I mean, yeah, because if, if you're, if you're wanting, if you have someone who's better than you and you want to be better than them, you know, with the rival, like that rivalry pushes you to do things you weren't going to do. Right. I, I wasn't going to die. This guy, this guy's better than me for a reason. What is he doing? What can I do that he's not? Yeah. To pass him. This guy isn't dieting down and, and losing the weight and then gaining muscle back. Right. That's what I'm going to do so that I'm a leaner, uh, stronger version of him. So right? I fast him, yeah. Yeah, you're, you know, you're hoping, you know, you might may compete at 220. We talked about all the time. Like the next time you're a 242, the next time you weigh in the mid 230s, you're going to be a smaller body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. You're going to have more muscle mass on you. You're going to be leaner, meaner, bigger, stronger than you were the last time you were in the mid 230s. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. You're willing to do something that the guy next to you is not necessarily willing to I'm do. I'm willing to fucking eat ground turkey and egg whites. You're about the to do that for biggest, three days. The <laughs> biggest pile of shit breakfast I can imagine. I don't. I, I gag thinking about how awful this is going to be. Hopefully, salt and pepper is going to go a long <laughs> way, but. God damn, Taco but I'm good. Taco season will save your life. That's from salsa. Taco season. That's fair. I'm going to buy salsa some. will save your life. I don't know if I can have salsa. No, but basically, especially if it's sugar added, you can't you can't do this on that yeah. on that particular water cut. But yeah, um, he's right about talking. I mean, all it is is salt, and you're going to be drinking so much water, you're going to flush every bit of that out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So you honestly probably need it to keep you from feeling faint. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. But right, boy, that was a long episode. It was. Was it? Shit, that was a long episode. Y'all, know, y'all knew around. me coming in every here was going to do every it. Every time we do this, we add 20 minutes to an episode. Well, no, 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 no. We had a, we had a pretty short episode. Um, with Albert. With Albert, yeah. But I guess you weren't here. It was just yeah. me. But me and Albert had a relatively short episode. But Well, y'all knew me coming in here. I was yeah, gonna, you do I was going to run my mouth. So. Yeah, you do like to talk. I like to talk. And we also... In fairness, we had two different topics to talk yeah. about today. So yeah, we, we kind of carried the Liver King a long way into it. Liver, Liver King was about an hour, and then this was about an hour. Well, <laughs> I told y'all when I started this, I can carry conversations in yeah. different ways. I don't stay on task. Yeah. So. so, And we did kind of go off on several tangents. Yeah. But. So a big thing, tie it all together real quick. This is like a parting thought. These fitness influencers like Liver King, right? Like everybody's got like... Um, I actually like this guy to some extent. Dr. Sean Baker is a big uh, carnivore guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? These uh, fitness influencers, 
not so much Lane Norton because I do think he's middle of the road. We're going to yeah. tell the truth, and that's the only thing we're going to do. His fitness influencers, don't you think a lot of their problem is that they have this dogmatic sect of people that are going to follow them no matter what? And then inherently because of that, they can preach whatever they want to, and they don't have any immediate rivalries to be better than? Yeah. Because they have found their niche. There's nobody else in their niche. Yeah. And, and, and at that point, yeah. they have monopolized a whole group of people. And there's no real reason for Liver King to be better than the next guy that promotes a carnivore diet. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or anything like that. I mean, because let me tell you something. In that sect, in a carnivore-based, keto-based type of diet, uh, can you name anybody larger than that guy? No. Especially on like a raw meat diet. Like, I you mean, know, like, I like mean, some Mark, of the things that he was... I, I would he did, say, he monopolized it. But, I would say Mark Bell... Does follow carnivore to an extent, but he also eats fruit and vegetables. Yeah, he, he so does. Like, he does a lot of other things. He, he comes and goes in it. Yeah, he's 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 an influencer because of his past influence in a yeah. way. But he's not necessarily like one of these people that just have a niche that. Yeah, he he. he really, I guess with. that's true. Yeah. I, I was just thinking carnivore. He's but he's, he's very. Fluid. But you're talking. I'm talking about these people that are preaching some type of dogmatic bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like there's nobody really standing next to him, being like, you know, I kind of like his idea, but. But I'm going to do it better. Right. All right. We're going to do it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. They're just like completely monopolized this whole sect of that, whole following of people and just like run with it. And then they just get to feed them whatever type of bullshit they want yeah. to do. Because there's nobody else there to debate them because they're in their niche. Yeah. And then the people, because they have this sect, this cult-like following, mm -hmm. there's nobody there to, even with outsiders that say, hey, I think this is bullshit. Well, they're just ran out of the comment section. Right. There's no like actual having to address it or anything like that. So I'm just curious if like we just live in a day and age where you can just make a claim, two hundred fifty thousand people are going to follow you and say I like this claim, and then anybody that challenges it is just like no, nah. right. and then nobody's willing to challenge because also this stuff's so dogmatic and so so much bullshit. There's nobody willing to get close enough to their idea to say this is good, but I can do this better. Right. This is, it's weird how it turns out, man. Mm -hmm. It really is. Fucking weird place we are in this planet. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, the uh, state of the world is very interesting. And you think about how it was 20 years ago. Like, me mentally, 20 years ago, I don't remember things being so bad. Well, we were like, also kids. I mean, even I, mean, I was a kid. I, I, was, I, was, I, I was a kid, but like... And maybe, maybe that's part of it, but I feel like the world as a place just wasn't so, like, distant. Like, everybody doesn't, like, here's, here's a good example. Everyone wants to go to self-checkout because nobody wants that awkward human interaction with the cashier. But then right? they go and seek out awkward human interaction behind a keyboard. Yeah. Right. Because it's safe. easy. It's safe. safe. Yeah, it's safe. Like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. To the guy a hundred miles away. He's yeah. not going to kick your ass. He's not going to find you. Yeah. You just be like, hey, you there's suck. no repercussions for anything anymore. Yeah, there's no repercussions. Right. For, like, like if if I said to, to Joe down the street, hey, fuck you, he knows where I live. Right. He's like, but if right. I say, hey, fuck you to the guy a hundred miles away, you know, he can't do anything. What is he going to do? Yeah. Get as huffy and puffy as you want to about it. You can't do shit. Right. I mean, that's what it is. That's a sh fucking shame. Not enough people have been hitting the fucking mouth. That's that's exactly <laughs> where I was I was headed with that. <coughs> people have gotten their ass beat for their opinion. Yeah. Because like, like maybe I didn't feel so strongly about that opinion. Right. 
I changed my mind. I'll tell you what, my dad changed my mind a lot for me <laughs> when I was growing up. Like, I've got that plenty. Nice. Like, so, but I think that, that probably helps with uh, seeing the big picture sometimes. Yeah. There's some, sometimes I'm appreciative of shit like that for my childhood. Yeah. Because, oh, I, I, I was spanked as a child and. I feel like it I was... I wish that's all was happening. Well, <laughs> you got the shit beat out of you, boy. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I got it in a, a very disciplined, like, my dad was very specific. He was like, I'm not going to do it in anger. Right. Even if I'm fucking pissed at you. I want you to know I'm not mad, but I'm still and beating I, I, Well, I mean, he, he, would, he would cool off if he was pissed at me. He would cool off, and then he would come back in like, I love you, but you did wrong. This is why this is happening. Right. That's so, it, you know. Yeah, you know, even even just repercussions. We're talking about getting hit in the mouth. Just talking to another man. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think the the fact that people can do that on the internet has made people a little bit more bold in person. Right. Because people will say shit that they didn't used to say, too. And like, they don't. Because they, they don't know what it, like, what you're it feels like. like. Listen, like, because, you know, nothing's going to happen to them because you know your little bitch ass is going to call the cops or something. Yep. Right. Period. You know, I had somebody call me out for a comment that I made. A couple of months ago, when a dude came up to me and he's like, "Did you say this about me?" and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I did. And he was, he was, you could tell by the look on his face when I said, "Yeah," that he wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly expected me to deny it and mm-hmm. apologize no, and rob no, or kiss his ass. And he was like, he wouldn't have fought me if he, I mean, he, he couldn't have fought me if he even wanted to at that point because he right. was like, just dumbfounded that I was just like, just owned it and was just like, "Yeah,", yeah. I said exactly yeah. that. And he said, why did you say it? And I said, because I think it's true. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. <laughs> and he you. said, don't you think that's a little uh, a little crappy, a little unprofessional? And I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> it, is, it is what it Where is. Where do I we mean, go from here? I mean, like, like, is anything wanna, happening? Do you want to leave me in the parking lot? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, sure enough, they were still sitting in the parking lot. I just walked to my car, waved to them. <laughs> I walked. Nobody met me in my car. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. It is what it is. But like, fuck. I don't know what wrong. I don't know what's wrong with people. Like, but they didn't expect, and then they expect me to deny it. Like, mm-hmm. no, ain't no reason to deny it. You walked all the way up here. And I still told you what I thought. <laughs> you walked all the way up here expecting me to bend over you. and be a bitch and kiss your ass. I hate that for you. <laughs> but now you get to hear exactly what I think, and you get to hear it directly from me now. So right. enjoy it. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Be nicer to people than I am. That's a, a big thing. I'm nice to people for real. I don't, I'm not yeah. real confrontational. He's a good dude. Yeah. I'm not nice um, to people. But I will. I wouldn't say that. Well, it's because you are my friends. I guess that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you felt about me the first time you met me. So. I liked you a lot. I thought, uh, when I first went in, I thought Zach wasn't that cool. Um, if I'm being in, honest. If I'm being honest, I thought Zach was an asshole the first time I met him too. <laughs> no, I didn't think Zach was an asshole. I thought he was pretentious. I just thought, he, I, I legitimately, I remember the first day that I met you, or saw you, I didn't think we actually officially met, but I saw you, and you were, <laughs> you were cleaning, uh, what, uh, that John guy, I forget his last name. <laughs> I remember his last name, I'm not gonna say it on the air, but. <laughs> but. But you were cleaning what he was deadlifting, and I was like, man, why is he being such an asshole to that guy, like. But now everybody knows. Now I know, was, and it's like, like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, you, you're going to get back. Now you're going to watch me power clean your one of your backs. At the time, I didn't know. And uh, I didn't so know I, you uh, okay, so admittedly, um, I think women that are close to me will tell you a very different story most of the time, and almost every man that knows me will tell me a, tell a similar story to you guys. 
because of the way I was raised and because I, uh, I don't have a very high view of men mm-hmm. initially, uh, I'm a lot more, um, probably a lot more prone to be rude, mm-hmm. probably maybe even be a little pretentious, stuff like that to men because they typically don't get the benefit of the doubt with me, but also spent my whole life getting my ass handed to me. Yeah, right. And the only people that ever came to my rescue were women. women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something I actually am trying to work through um, personally, but I, I typically don't have as much patience for love for, uh, and not near as much sympathy or empathy for men initially. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a fault of mine. That's not something I. That's not something I enjoy. But, that's not but hey, in the same vein, I can say you know, you took me under your wing when I was at my lowest point, and he did me as well. Like, um, like you, I have a huge love for people, um, but for for men, it just takes longer for me to. And mine was based solely book or cover of a book. Yeah. Like I heard from somebody I thought I trusted. I'd like to know who that is after the stress down too. <laughs> I genuinely can't remember the okay. name. That was years and years okay. and years ago. Uh, and when, when Heather brought me on, she's like, yeah, you should go talk to Zach. And I'm like, ah, fuck that dude. And she's like, no, he's a really good guy. And I'm like, okay. I'll she got it. the benefit of the doubt because she's a girl. He's always kind to everybody in here and he helps everybody like be nice and, you know, talk to him. And I was like, all right. So I did. And first day I came in, Zach's like, Hey, how's it going, man? What you training for? And I'm like, ah, this dude's pretty cool. Like I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And then he turned out to be one of my good, good friends. And I was like, Oh, I'm a piece of shit. And <laughs> that actually span started a branch in my life where I stopped doing that so much because you know, you can't always trust. Uh, I, 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 I'm ashamed of the fact that a lot of times men have a lower opinion of me because, because I do, uh, more prone to act a fool. Yeah, uh, and I, and I will I will do some jawing too. I will absolutely and I will talk too. some shit and I will absolutely toe the line and make you want to hit me. <laughs> I, I do too. And ever since I met you, because I had an opinion about you, and I think the reason I didn't like you was because you were so much like me in these stories. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Dudes probably think the same. For the me. for the record, I am not a good fighter, and I I rock plenty of checks my ass probably can't right. cash. I mean, I'll try also, to cash them though. The benefit, I'll try to cash them. The benefit, the bit, yeah, that's the problem is I'm too stupid to not try to cash <laughs> right. them. Right, I'm so fucking dumb. I'll fight. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, I really, you know, I'm actually in therapy. Part of the thing, one of the things I talk about in therapy is my um, unwillingness to be as kind to men initially as I am. And most of the time, people that really, really trigger me, I have one person in particular that is the leader at a uh, religious organization here in town. He's a very, for whatever reason, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. He's a very respected man that is instantly, the minute I see him, is like, I have a dude like that. Like, I, I, I want to suplex him. He goes, <laughs> he goes to the aquatic and it, and it, it actually has nothing to do with him. And it has everything to do with the fact that a lot of my childhood trauma comes from men and religious organizations mm-hmm. and positions of power. Right. Uh, abusing it. Right. He, he probably is the nicest guy in the world, but for whatever reason, it's just a trigger. And I'm like, you need to go give that guy the people's elbow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But I don't know. Uh, got you. Uh, sorry. Another tangent. Yeah. I think we're a, done. That's okay. I'm not an asshole. I'm really not. I'm really not. No. Dad jokes? Is that what? Yeah, dad yeah, jokes. We, we do have to do the dad jokes. I have some prepped already. All right, go ahead. I only have one off the top of my you head. Can, you can go ahead. You're the guest. Let's, let's hear All it. All right. You know, you know, you can't run 
past a campsite, right? You can uh, you can only run because it's past tense. So. <laughs> good one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. So, did you guys uh, hear the joke about the roof? I did not. I tell you, but it goes over your head. Mm. <laughs> oh, nice. Mm. Uh, did you hear the uh, the joke about the the door that couldn't be opened? Nobody can handle it. You know, uh, you should always, anytime you go to your refrigerator, knock on the door, right? Because, yeah. yeah, you might see a ranch dressing. <laughs> Good one. I thought it was salad. But... So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, Either I mean, every, I put my personal little on there. On it, yeah. Yeah. Did y'all hear about the sale at the Lego store? People were lined up for blocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that one at work tomorrow. Yeah, or that's not a bad one. Uh, did you hear about the scarecrow that got a promotion? Not. They uh, said he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oof. Oof. Oh, I've got more. I've Damn. Got more. I feel like I need to come with one to show this old multiple here. Um, I got another one. Okay. Uh, I went into my sister's room and I tripped on a bra. It was a booby trap. <laughs> <laughs> a booby oh. trap. Oh, I got shit. at least two of those from The Last of Us. Mm. Uh, it's really hard to say what my wife does for a living. She sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> I saw that one today on Access Jokes. That's a good one. Oh, fuck. Hang on. Let's see. I have to shout out for the Lego one. Uh, I have to shout out a former client of mine. Uh, she's actually been in my, my life since I was a little boy. Pam Leslie and I exchange dad jokes all the time. <laughs> Pam, if you listen to this, don't hold the bad language against me. But uh, I appreciate your joke. <laughs> I, I don't have a dad joke, but I have one of my uh, family heirlooms, if y'all like yeah, it. Go ahead. Uh, go for it. Um, there was this uh, pirate group, and the captain would always stand at the deck and look for oncoming uh, fighters or anybody trying to loot his uh, booty. And uh, one day, two ships pull up, and uh, he tells his co-captain, he says, bring me my red shirt. So... He brings him his red shirt, they fight, day goes on. The next day comes, and there's three ships on the horizon. He says, bring me my red shirt. He says, okay, brings him his red shirt, they fight, they win, they keep their loot. And the co-captain says, hey man, every time we get to a fight, you tell me to bring you red shirt. Why? He says, because if I get stabbed or wounded during the fight, you can't see the blood spilling from me. He said, that way y'all continue to fight and don't get discouraged. He says, oh, okay. Well, the next day the captain wakes up and he sees 15 ships on the horizon. He looks to his co-captain and he says, Bring me my brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, one of my favorite I knew that was good. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, God. Oh, do we have any closing thoughts for today? I'm tired. I'm going home. Tired. Full of alcohol. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is the Christmas special. Maybe. It it's, better be. It's, it's, I be. better be the Christmas special. There could special. be one happening Friday night. Um, future stuff. 
I have a friend of mine uh, who is a, I guess you can say he's a professional wrestler, semi-pro anyway, mm -hmm. and Stephen Barnett, who uh, may be joining us here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll need to, stay, uh, we'll need to tag him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he uh, was a big influence on getting me into fitness. Um, he uh, an extremely good athlete still to this day. He's a little bit older than me. Um, but uh, he's always just been like fucking yoked. And uh, super, super fit. And uh, I have a lot of respect for Steven. And then, uh, in, in no particular order, because we don't know when exactly these people are coming in, we, we plan on getting uh, Dave Hayes and Steve Sides, mm -hmm. who are our uh, master's lifters, uh, to talk about their experience with. We're going to try um, and get them both on the same day? Or yeah, just... I would hope so. Yeah. I don't know. But talk to them about what master's training looks like for them. Uh, at two different ages, Dave's in his 50s, uh, Steve's in his 60s. Mm -hmm. um, what training looks like for them now, uh, what it's going to look like in the future. Um, what it looked like in the past. What it's looked like in the past, for that matter. Um, At least for Dave, and then their And then their current, uh, you know, their current training goals, stuff like that. So, um, hopefully in the next couple episodes, that'll be what it'll be about. Um, this next one, very real possibility, is just me and Nathan. Mm -hmm. um, I think on that, we should just talk about our history. Like me and you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And like cool. our powerlifting history growing up. Like, sure, absolutely. I, th yeah. I think because because I know you said one day you wanted to do an episode that was about my story. Yeah. I think we could just do both of our stories in the same episode, that's, and yeah, well, that's probably just, good. Yeah. I, I think that would be. So cool. we might run down uh, the history of Zach and Nathan, yeah. um, which is weird for you to say because my brother's name's Zach, <laughs> so it's real real awkward to hear that. But yeah, it is what it is. But we have both have long ones, so yeah. Uh, Especially it probably, fitness, probably so. still won't be a three-hour episode, but you get you get the current title for a longest episode. Champ uh, is here. Yeah, we'll get you a belt made. It'll probably be like paper, but you know, paper mache. I'll fucking wear it. Hell I yeah. had some hot takes this time. People are gonna come after our asses for some things. That I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know if they really. Me will. and Zach. <laughs> listen to it first. Me and Zach writing checks that our ass can't cash. <laughs> we are. Put that Absolutely. on a belt and wear it. <laughs> We don't even give a fuck. I don't. I do not. Yeah. This don't. is this is the podcast that's really not giving a fuck about much. <laughs> we've pretty much been open and honest about everything we can be open yes, and honest sir. about. But I think I think that's good though. Yeah. I think this. I think it's I think it's better to be open and honest than to be lying to people and pretentious. As the Liver King just taught us. Yeah. Because all he's that, still a lot richer than he, us. He is still a lot richer than us. Maybe, maybe we Probably should forever. Maybe we should start lying. Right. Maybe we need a maybe we need a, a nameless supplement brand. Do y'all remember the cheese and episode of uh, Pat South Park? Do y'all remember that? When they find out the cat piss is hallucinogenic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's having the cats piss no, in their face. Kitty. Take those big old fucking trips <laughs> and stuff. Maybe we should monetize that. We should. Sure. Fucking a liter of cat piss a week. We'll put 200 pounds on your total. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to invest in some yellow food dye and several <laughs> bottles of water. Um, but y'all drink the cat piss. <laughs> drink it. <laughs> if we just get some cooking oil and put it in some bottles. <laughs> like, Shitting is a side effect. It's completely normal. <laughs> Like, yeah, just inject this new drug. It's, uh, some, here's some grapeseed oil for you. <laughs> Intramuscularly, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. 